genre. Franchiseography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. Today, we continue our swing through the Spider-Man franchise with the sequel that dared to introduce the world to Bully Maguire. It's 2007's Spider-Man 3. Yes. Uh, yes. Was Bully Maguire a phenomenon by the time you and Zach recorded uh, oh, yeah. that that season? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It almost feels like the product of uh, nerds younger than us. It definitely is. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I think it's people who were kids when this movie came out. Yeah, are now like revisiting it because I, th- I. Yeah, revisiting it and just being like, "Wow, this is very silly and like memeable," you know. But but like Gen Z is sort of characterized as being really. We like chaos. We like weird right. shit, and so. Right. What really annoyed a lot of, you know, millennials, I guess, when we were in high school or in our 20s or whatever, they have kind of reclaimed, you know, Bully mm-hmm. McGuire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's always showing up in memes and like, here's dirt in your eye. Yeah. Uh, little little Goblin Jr., you're going to cry. Because uh, well, what's interesting is it sounds like they're making fun of it, but I don't think they actually are. I think they're 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 kind of like in on the joke that that Sam Raimi was presenting, you know? Yeah, it's a real like, I guess you guys weren't ready for that, but your kids are going to love it kind of. <laughs> yes, it really is. It really is. Um, uh, very similarly to the prequels are good, actually, which is the. That the same generation of of For, like you know they were like little babies when those movies were coming out, yeah, and like grew up with them, and they're like, yeah, that's just Star Wars, like, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's sure. all just Star Wars, <laughs> and like and the and the bully McGuire of it all, like emo, what we called emo Peter back in the day, yeah. Um, there's a it's it's sort of like the movie trolling the audience. Mm-hmm. There's an whether that was Raimi's intention at, at the time. It 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 feels it feels like proto troll culture in a way that I think plays better now than it did back then. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I agree that that's what it feels like to me though. I think that Sam is doing it earnestly. I think Sam is like, well, if my Peter, the one that I've been with for two years, got the symbiote and started acting like a jerk, this is how he would act because he's a fucking nerd. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's, yeah, totally. This is just a very weird movie. Um, mm. Revisiting it, um, sure. As well as like, you know, like Eddie Brock, mm-hmm. and he feels like he does not belong in this universe. Oh, like, interesting. I get. I I, I, I don't. I, I don't agree. For. I don't agree. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll dig into it. Um, yeah, because yeah. like there's a lot of 
I think, you know, the, 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 the stuff you and Zach talk about is really great. And I think what Raimi was going for of him being like the nega Peter yeah. is great, but he is just so unlike any other character we've ever seen in these movies. He, yeah. he almost has kind of like a more of a Justin hammer, Tony Stark energy. And so it's like mm. having like, um, a slice of a, of a, of a, of a dill pickle in your bag of jelly beans. And you're like, the uh, fuck is this doing in here? <laughs> that is, ugh. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, that's, uh, that's interesting. I, I think it's more, a much more tonally consistent movie than amazing Spider-Man two. Oh um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no arguments. Um, there. Yeah. Um, uh, but it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll dig into it. And obviously there's the, the, the Spider-Man minute clip show, which we'll play in a little bit, but, Mm -hmm. um, what was your reaction to the movie when it, when you saw it in, in 2007? So, you know, listener, everything I, the hype and the, the, you know, the hype and the excitement that I was talking about in 2004, yeah, arguably even greater going into yeah. the summer of 2007 because remember that poster remember that that, oh my that gosh. first teaser poster and they had to tell everyone the poster's not in black and white and everyone was like, oh my god he's wearing a black suit like the black suit venom yeah that could only you know and yeah yeah because like um i wasn't aware or thinking about there being a four because like this was the age of lord of the rings and the matrix and mm-hmm. like there were only ever trilogies so right. I was going into the like I, this was going to be my like another return of the king or like mm-hmm. revenge of the Sith return of the Jedi like a generation defining finale to this trilogy of movies that meant the world to me and Interesting. those were the expectations I had going in of like the saga's ending the trilogy's ending we're going to say goodbye to these characters and this the you know and so Pretty crushing disappointment. Um, okay, I, yeah. I saw I saw this twice. I saw it Friday opening night and then Saturday morning with some friends of mine from high school. Mm-hmm. And we were all just like really perplexed and disappointed um, by a lot of it. And it, it yeah. just kind of like marred of like, what? Why was it? Especially like. It, uh, to jump, to, I, I think the low point of this entire trilogy is the finale of this movie. Like, I just the Harry and Peter stuff. It just felt like, did they write this in like an hour? Like, none of it felt earned. Like, all right, buddy, hang ten. Hey, buddy, uh, I need some help over here. And we're like, what is? And then he's dead. And then like they're and and so I was just yeah, I was like, wow, that is not what I wanted at all, and. It took a long time for me to like accept this movie for what it is now, now that we have like, you know, eight more Spider-Man movies after this. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm as 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 revisionist, like good actually as you or Zach, unfortunately. Uh-huh. But there are stunning landmark moments of digital animation and digital like CG choreography and the physics of so much of these fights and these sequences are dazzling mm-hmm. and so, CG camera work, CG camera work. Yeah. yeah. And so I, and I think it takes a lot of, a lot of modern superhero movies to school. Yeah. Um, in terms of like whiz bang showmanship, but I mean, and again, like 
the revelations that I learned listening to the BTS, like I blame, I put none of that on the filmmakers. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's like they did the best they could with like the situation they found themselves in. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, like I'm not entirely on this movie's side in 2023, unfortunately now looking Mm. back. Okay. Um I I uh I think I enjoyed the movie even more watching it this time. Sure. Um I I just have a really great time with this movie. I'm I I don't know uh, what it is about like I I don't know why I can get on this movie's level, this this movie's wavelength and I'm just like I don't know, like I just feel like I'm vibing with 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 Sam and I'm just like, yeah, no I get it. I I get what you're doing. I I I I think that it all uh, connects pretty well. I think that the, you know, I don't know. I, I guess we'll 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 talk about uh, uh, more like the details of the of the plot. But I I fucking love the third act of this of this movie. Um, I don't disagree that the dialogue isn't particularly good, but also I don't think any of the dialogue is particularly good um, in in any of these movies. Really, uh, I, like, I disagree. I yeah I think, see I just I think that they're old fashioned I think everything is very old fashioned um and and that's not that's not like bad because that's what these movies are but I don't think that the third act of this movie is a sudden betrayal of of what we've been given up to this point I think it's yeah. all felt very like old fashioned and and a little rote um right. it just so feels like, like a, it feels yeah. so rushed to me and it just feels like a betrayal. I guess, or like under underserving like MJ and Harry and Peter. Mm-hmm. And it's like the movie has to end right now. And like, that's, I mean, it's literally kind of the, the thesis, like the main statement of the BTS is like, yeah. we had a complete story that fleshed out all of this stuff that made Harry's arc and MJ's arc and Peter's arc, and maybe even Eddie's arc and Flint's arc weave together very musically. But it just, it, it just to me felt very like, yeah, jarring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I could. I, I, I understand. Uh, I definitely understand that. But I guess I'm just looking at it from the perspective of like, well, <laughs> can't we? We don't get to have that one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is this is the movie as it is, and so I just sort of like accept it for what it is. Um, mm-hmm. in, in 2007, yeah, I was I was super hyped. Um, I I loved Venom. Uh, and <laughs> you know, like any kid of the 90s. Um, and was really excited for like the black symbiote. And that's, that's the thing that's, I find really interesting is like, I think that people like the black symbiote Spider-Man more than they like Venom most of the time. Mm, like, like you mean, you mean going into like the comics and the animated series? Yeah. Things, well, like when people are like, oh man, like I love Venom and like, I, I love the symbiote and stuff. I think the thing that they really like is Peter getting it. Cause they like seeing Peter being like, threatened to crack people's necks and shit you know because the sure, symbiote's yeah. like making him like an like you know angry and and violent um mm. and i think that they were like interested in that because i think there's something that people find fascinating in the same way that people are like really into Zack snyder's superman i think there's something that people find fascinating about someone who could fucking kill everyone on the planet but chooses not to Sure. But they're like they're like yeah it's a real hero he he could fucking kill everybody and he doesn't so he's a hero and I'm like sure okay guys chill <laughs> um, but but uh uh yeah like I just I love Black Suit Spider Man I loved that story in the animated series um you know I never really got into the 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 symbiote like comics run so much because it was 
it was very complex. It it it, it requires a lot of um, uh, hoop jumping and uh, retconning and all okay. kinds of like crazy stuff. So like so like the Lethal Protector kind of comics that was never your your bag back. No in, back no in no 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 not at all. Um, and and in the black suit, I mean, it literally started out as like I'm just going to start wearing a black suit, and then like. He got rid of the black suit. Or no, no, no. He gets the alien Wars. suit in Secret yeah. Wars. Uh, he wears that for a while, realizes that it's like messing with him, gets rid of it. But then he's like, but I really like that black suit. So then he just starts wearing a black suit that's exactly like the symbiote because it was so popular. But it's not the symbiote. It's just a black costume. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does that for a while. That's the one that's in like Craven's Last Hunt. Um, uh, okay, yeah, where yeah, Craven's yeah. like bumming around in the Spider-Man costume. He's wearing the black suit, but he's not wearing the symbiote. He's just wearing like a black costume. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird. Was uh, this before Electric Blue Superman? Oh, yeah, definitely. Electric Blue okay. Superman was like mid-90s. Okay. Um, Electric Blue Superman was like post-death uh, and return of Superman. For sure. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I was I was super hyped for this and was mm-hmm. excited to see what that would look like. Um, but I don't think it it ever occurred to me that like maybe like Sam Raimi wasn't the best guy to do that storyline and and you know whatever. I was just sort of I I think I was thinking about it from the horror perspective and and from like oh, an Evil yeah. Dead perspective, and I was like, yeah, that seems cool, but like. Also, all of that feels like a mild betrayal of like the two movies that came before, like tonally, you know. Sure. Um, but I, I don't think I was, I was, that was occurring to me. Uh, I watched this when it came out like that midnight, you know, Thursday night, midnight. Um, I watched this. I remember thinking like, I really, I, I, I liked it, but I was like, I was like, I don't, I, it's not as good as the other two, but I did. I, I liked it. Um, and, but I, I think that the ending, the very ending, like, uh, Harry's Jazz Club. Yeah, okay, well, yeah. like, yeah, Harry's death to the funeral to the jazz club. I was like, this is that's it. Like, that's how we're ending this movie. I was like, that's kind of a that feels like kind of a bummer. Um, and so that left like a weird taste in my mouth. But I was like, no, you know, it's like it's OK. And people, everyone knew how hyped I was at work. I was working at Circuit City at this time. And everybody was like, how was it? You saw it last night. How was it? And I was like, I, yeah, it was, it was like it was pretty good. You know, like I, I was. I definitely wasn't like thrilled, but I was not ready to dismiss the movie yet. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. people started seeing it like that Friday night and they're like, that movie was dog shit. That was garbage. And I was like, what? Like, what was it? And so then I saw it again and I was like, no, I still like mostly like this. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. what the big deal is. Um, and then I took like friends to go see it. Uh, like I probably ended up seeing it like three or four times while it was in theaters. Um, and I was like, yeah, I guess, I guess a lot of the dialogue doesn't work. And, you know, I don't like Sam like kind of boring and, but like the action scenes are so good. I was like, there's a lot of really cool stuff in here. And so like, yeah, I just kept rewatching it and everything. But, um, I definitely had mixed feelings about it. Like it was, it was a thing where I was like, I was bummed out that no one seemed to like it. Like everyone fucking hated this movie. Um, and, it wasn't a Jurassic World situation where I was like feeling the exact opposite or I was like, whoa, right. what the fuck are you guys talking about? Right. Yeah, um, yeah. This is the best possible version of what this could be, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's not how I felt. But I was like, I didn't feel 
like bullying the movie the way everyone else did. Um, and then like, also like, I don't know the Sam's reaction to everything. And like, you could tell he was really bummed out that like people didn't get it. And I was like, I don't know, man. I like, I kind of get it. But I was also like a kid who was raised on Sam Raimi movies. So I got his sense of humor more than other people. So people would be like, God, it was so dumb when he was dancing in the street. I can't believe they thought that was cool. I was like, they, they don't though. Like, it's pretty clearly stupid. Like, that's the mm-hmm. point is that it gets fucking dumb and everybody thinks it's dumb and you're supposed to think it's dumb and you do. So mission accomplished. But like no one, no one could like get over that hump. The the sort of like, uh, I don't know, like there was like this weird disconnect between like people thinking the movie wasn't self-aware and and it, it because I, yeah, like this, it's like the movie is self-aware in so much they know that this is stupid but they're also like, but it's supposed to be stupid. So is it self-aware or is it just doing what it's supposed to be doing? I, it was like, uh, yeah, it was a very odd uh, reaction to all of that stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, and we'll, we'll get into, I mean, I'm, I'm you and Zach talked about this for hours and hours and hours. And yeah. Yeah. We've all been talking about this scene for like 15 years. Yeah. And like hitting it from every angle because it is such this weird weirdly defining moment in superhero movies and Mm -hmm. the conclusion that i came to watching it this morning is it's just it's fun yeah it's it's just really fun to see this and you know you know again may sort of gets to say the thesis of the movie which is like if you let darkness into you it can make you something really ugly Mm -hmm. and this is, you know, you're watching this guy be very like a, yeah, like a dork. And it's, but it's just like, it's fun. It's like the doors open by themselves. And yeah. He like comes in and out. He does like a quick change. And yeah. I think a culture shift kind of happened around this point too, where we're getting closer and closer. Like Iron Man comes out next summer. And mm-hmm. we, we took Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark, like water in the desert. Mm-hmm. We were so hungry for that, like, oh, this guy's this guy gets it, you know. He's mm-hmm. he's like rubbing shoulders with us in the audience, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think we like knew how to. T- and we we we've talked again and again about how like teens just don't really get Sam Raimi. Yeah, like, like, Dad, stop looking dumb, you know. Like, you're you're looking cringe. Like this is weird. Stop, you know. And it's like, yeah. no. This is this is goofy and fun. Like now he says now dig on this. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing too, is I, I do I feel like I feel like one scene having one scene like that is one thing, but then and then following that up with an even more like cringy right. kind of scene that is supposed to be cringy. Like that's the point. It's like it's supposed like look at how like fucking you know stupid he looks and and like he's he's doing this thing and it's like no one thinks this is cool but he thinks it's cool and he's a he's a jerk and whatever. Um, you know I think that there is a sense of Raimi being like he loves torturing his main characters right and making right. them look stupid and I think that's what this is. Um, it's just on a, on a, on a particular wavelength that just does not jive with some people, um, mm-hmm. where it's, it's like, it goes too far or something. Um, but th- you know, the, the scene where he's dancing down the, down the street, I mean, that's this movie's, uh, uh, raindrops keep falling on my head, Yeah, but everybody loved that, but then they hated it here, you know? 
Um, I yeah. do wonder would that would both of those scenes be improved if those were songs and not just like random jazz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I if it was like a real disco song, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe that would. Te- it's so it's so crazy how subconscious cinema can be of like. Mm-hmm. That would tell the audience, like, oh, okay, this is this version's movie. This is this movie's version of Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. Yeah, this is supposed to be a joke. I can laugh yeah. with this instead of at it. Um, like, if it was, if he was literally walking down the street to Staying Alive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Then it's like, oh, okay, I know what <laughs> yeah. this is. Yeah. Cool. But this yeah. is like, what is this? And, you know, the whole, like, why are different women reacting different ways? And it's like, because they're different people. Like, <laughs> yeah. Some, I know, but mo- that's not how movies work, unfortunately, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 the that's the that's the sad truth about like movies is like, yeah, you're right. That you're a hundred percent right. That is correct. Some women would be disgusted by it, some women would be like, Oh, this is kinda cute. That's I'm kind of into this. Um, and other women would be like, What the fuck is going on? Like just have, have like, the reaction would be uh neither disgust nor uh uh you know, being turned on. Um yeah, you're right. But then in a movie, when it's just a flash in a pan, it's like, yeah, you kind of people expect things to be consistent, I guess, rather than the way that reality is. Because also this movie, this universe doesn't exist in reality. Um, it but exists like, in watching, a very heightened world, you know. But watching this so quickly after Spider-Man 2, which I don't think I'd ever done before. I don't think I'd ever like shotgun these in a month the way we, we have been. Yeah. Um, Peter was already kind of getting... Mixed, like, you know, in Spider-Man 2, some women would be like, oh, who's this cute nerd? And some people would be like, ugh, this nerd. And mm-hmm. so it's it's not quite as, like, lying in the, like, oh, women are into Peter for the first time. Because, like, yeah. we've had, we've already had extra, you know, like, you know, during the Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head sequence, he was already, like, getting, like, oh, look, so, like, Ursula and whatever. And then yeah, also kind of, you know, a lot of the criticism we had about Harry in 2 kind of. Mm-hmm bleeds over into this movie where it's like he's been a dick for like two and a half of these yeah that it's like the arc it's like uh like it it it, it just doesn't sing the way i think the movie is hoping that it does because it's like been sort of muddied up to this point you know right right no i definitely agree with that and we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about that but um yeah okay well let's get let's get into the 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 behind the scenes of everything and then we'll we'll be back on the other side uh to to do our walkthrough of the movie Three was basically like the the, the development of it uh, began the day of the premiere of Spider Man Two. Um, Jeez the the morning of the Spider Man Two premiere, Ivan Ramey, Sam's brother, uh, arrived in Los Angeles from Michigan, and they went to Sam's office. They met in Sam's office and started breaking Spider Man Three. Wow! And the reason that Ivan Ramey was here was because um, Ivan had worked on the other two Spider Man films, uh, specifically hmm. the comedy and more like Sam Raimi ish bits. Uh, sure. were, were Sam and Ivan sort of working together. 
Um, this was something that I had not heard about until yeah. uh, until just reading about this. Um, but uh, they they decided that because the the two of them worked so well together and because they really wanted to make sure that you know like with each sequel you know sam there's always the 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 chance that sam could like break away and say like i'm I'm gonna go do something else you know like i'm bored of making spider-man movies whatever Mm -hmm. um and so the producers really wanted to make sure that sam was fully on board with whatever sequel he was going to make and so they were like, well, the best way to do that would be to bring Ivan in to work on the story with Sam. Uh, and so what they were going to be doing would be uh, to make a, a, a treatment for Spider-Man 3 uh, together. Oh. And then that treatment would then be given uh, to uh, Alvin Sargent, who was given a seven-figure deal to write Spider-Man 3. Hey. Um, yeah. Go old man. Yeah. <laughs> That was sort of the the order of operations there on the on the writing standpoint of things. Um, mm. Things start getting mixed up though because um, as the 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 treatment was happening, as they were breaking Spider Man three, they came to the conclusion that they they wanted the film to be about forgiveness and about Peter coming to the realization that um, the criminals that he's fighting are more uh, complex than what he'd always uh, believed that there's, there's more to yeah. every story. Right. And, yeah. and that was sort of what their, their uh, main focus of this was, but they, they definitely wanted it to be primarily a story about forgiveness. They wanted it to be about how um, Peter is not without his faults and that uh, by going around New York being sort of, uh, you know, judge, jury and executioner, um, you know, he is part of the problem and that mm. he needed to be more nuanced in the way that he was uh, doing what he did. Uh, and that, you know, this was going to be a story about how, you know, New York had sort of accepted that Spider-Man was the best. And as a result, this had gone to Peter's head and that he believed that he was in the right all the time about everything. Right. Uh, And that this was going to be a story about sort of putting him in his place in that aspect. And that this theme was going to go, was going to be sort of permeated through the story between uh, Peter and MJ, Peter and Harry, uh, you know, obviously Sandman and Peter, Sandman and Spider-Man and um, the Vulture and Spider-Man. Okay. And so the idea was that the film was going to start with, uh, you know what it normally does, and then transition very early on into a tr- action sequence with the vulture, where uh, Spider-Man puts the vulture away in prison, and while in prison, uh, the vulture and joins forces with um, Sandman to sort of, uh, and he is not the vulture yet; he's just um, Tombs. Yeah, he's just Tombs. Adrian Tombs. He's just a, a, a criminal. And uh, Adrian Toomes joins forces with Flint Marco in prison and they break out of prison uh, because uh, basically, you know, Flint Marco has his reasons with um, his daughter and all of that. Right. Uh, but but with um, Adrian Toomes, his whole thing was just I want revenge on Spider-Man. Like he put me in prison. He stopped me from from, you know, doing this thing. And I hate him for it, and I want to put him down. I want to show the world that Spider-Man is not all that, 
Um, I want to show the world that uh, he's going to be the cause for all of these villains. He's the cause for everything. Yeah. Um, and that, and so in order to do that, I'm going to become this super villain, the vulture, and I'm going to put him in his place. I mean, that all tracks. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a solid base from which to build a, uh, a third superhero outing. Right. Uh, yeah. And I mean, and the, and the thing about this was that it was going to be about how, um, you know, each villain was going to sort of represent like this, this other aspect of a thing, right. Of, of, of mm. forgiveness. Right. It's, it's that, you know, Harry is just like is sort of the window into how like Peter knows that there's more to Harry and more to the, the to the situation than Harry just being a villain. Right. Yeah. Like he knows that, yes, he is the goblin, but like he needs to have patience with Harry. He needs to make him help him understand what he's doing is wrong. Right. And he knows right. that. Then you have Sandman, who is. Uh, the real killer of of Uncle Ben, which makes it very difficult for Peter to see the other side of things, right? And, right. and so it makes it very difficult for him to forgive this guy. Um, but he has to realize that there's more to this and eventually forgive this guy. And then you have Adrian Toomes, who is meant to represent what you could become if you never forgive anything, if you just let hate overcome you. And in do so doing, it would be eventually be his downfall. And so he is what you could become if you choose to never forgive, if you just hold a grudge forever. Right. Wow. Yeah. And so that was that was the original intention for this film. Um, And that was the treat the initial treatment that they uh, that they wrote. Um, However, the problem that they came down to was that. it it the vulture thing sort of stuck out because while the the ending uh, uh, sticks the landing right mm-hmm. the the uh, getting to the ending was a little bit muddled because Adrian Toomes was so laser focused on the goal of you know getting rid of Spider Man or proving mm-hmm. that Spider Man was uh, not what he what he pretends to be right. Yeah. Um, and that it was sort of um, muddled in the middle because there was no growth there. There was no uh, forward momentum as far as, um, w- you know, what this character was, right? Like you had the initial yeah. breakout of prison and then everything just sort of switched gears and became more about Sandman and about how Sandman was like – waffling about about joining the vulture like he was really gung-ho at first because he wants to help his daughter and wants to see his daughter and give the do- his daughter the life that she deserves that he was never able to give to her mm-hmm. um but the vulture had nothing like the vulture was sort of like the main villain for the first quarter of the movie and then the rest of it became about sandman uh, and then the vulture just sort of like, you know, dies in the end because he can't let go of his hate for Spider-Man. And it was there just wasn't enough meat on that bone. Yeah, there's like there's a disconnect between the function of the character on a thematic level and the function of them like as a person. Right. Like feeling like an unbelievable character in the world. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, yeah. And, you know, and but but the thing is, is like Vulture was definitely going to be a part of this story. Uh, to the point where they were already casting um, and 
the wow. the only person that they that they wanted they all agreed that they wanted um you know sam all the producers uh, even the other actors uh everyone wanted ben kingsley and ben kingsley came in uh wow. and and actually like discussed the part with sam and apparently he had this sort of incredible take on the character I don't have a lot of detail on what that take was, but mm-hmm. but he had this incredible take on the character that everyone was so fully on board with offering him the role as soon as the script was uh, solidified. But if, unfortunately, um, despite how great Ben Kingsley was, they just could not solidify the vulture in the script. And then they ended up going in another direction. And uh, Ben Kingsley um, obviously, uh, uh, you know, was not a part of this film as a result. Um, right. But but he was, you know, while he was not officially cast because, you know, there ended up not being a role to cast him in, mm-hmm. um, he was the guy and he was, you know, having, you know, ongoing conversations with Raimi and, and Sony about playing this part uh, to the yeah. point where they sent him in to the costume designer to start designing costumes for him. Wow. Um, it was that far into it. And and the vulture design in this was going to be um the wings were basically going to be uh uh, uh you know like a like the equivalent of a prison ship. Um they oh, okay. they were going to be wings that he just made out of stuff in the prison. Um Whoa. and in fact the Adrian Toomes uh uh, uh storyline and that that's the start of this uh thing because what they were going to end up doing was that the opening with adrian tombs was going to be where spider-man was headed at the end of spider-man 2 uh, okay and so that was right. how they yeah. were going to jump forward in time was to basically show adrian tombs building these wings out of stuff that he finds in prison while being in prison for years Nice. Um, and okay. that's how we were going to have this sort of uh, jump forward in time, um, which would have explained like how Mary Jane ends up the star in a musical, you know, and yeah. how uh, Harry like learns all of this, goes through all of this uh, research and development into becoming New Goblin, you know? Yeah. All of this the, stuff the... was going to happen during that interim time jump. Whereas the movie, you know, as we see in the movie proper, it's sort of vague about how much time has gone by. Right. It's just like, hey, here I am. We're a bit right. further into this now. Right. Has it been <laughs> has it been three months? Has it been a year? Has it been five years? I don't know. Um, you know, it, it, who's to say? It's it, yeah. It's kind of vague. It's very very vague. Um, yeah. And this was going to be more more put that time period, um, you know, it, it solidify it in a way. Right. Um. So so anyway, so that that's how far they got into this. And it was uh, it was it was definitely an interesting take on the character. It would have been an interesting thing. They were working on action sequences, all sorts of things. But again, thematically, the character worked for the overall story. But structurally, there wasn't a lot of meat on that bone. And and they needed to they needed to despite being the vulture. There was not a lot of meat on that bone. Um, <laughs> uh, That's why you're scavenging it, yep, right? Yep. <laughs> um, so, uh, so the decision was made to drop the vulture, but they knew that they needed something more than just New Goblin and um, and um, uh, Sandman. Sandman. 
Yeah. Uh, they knew they needed something else. And then that's when Avi Arad suggested Venom. Oh, boy. And, yeah. um, you know, Venom is a character that, that, that Sam had no interest in because he, he did the research. Like, you know, Avi described the Venom story to him. And, and there were certain pits of it that Sam liked. But mm-hmm. when he went back and he researched the character of Eddie Brock, he was like, there's nothing here. Yeah, he's just a big, mean guy that doesn't like Peter. Right. In in the comics. You right, know, right. Like, a lot's been done with Venom since then, but, like, at the time, looking at, like, the 90s comics, you know, Eddie Brock, it's the blonde, mean guy. There's not... Right. What do you hang on that, um, ideas-wise? Right, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a thing where, you know, he, 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 he perceived the character as having a lack of humanity, which is what he didn't like about it, because... That's sort of the whole deal with his films or like they're very human. Right. Yeah. And so the idea of having a character that was the opposite of that didn't really make sense to Sam initially. Um, However, when he went back with uh, Ivan and really talked about it, he's the thing that he really started to like really kind of click into was the symbiote suit. And how that could fit into the narrative that they were building here about forgiveness and about, you know, specifically what they were wanting to do with Peter. Because one of the one of the difficult things was like he was worried a little bit about how unlikable Peter was going to be in this story because of um, how big of a, a head they were going to be giving him about everything. Right. Right. And how they needed him to be making mistakes. But they were worried that if they if they were having Peter make these sorts of mistakes, like would the audience forgive him? Would they still stay on his side? And what the symbiote costume allowed was uh, for Peter to make those mistakes, but without them being entirely his fault. Right. Like we we can't get to the point where like Peter is, you know, being super selfish and hurting people and, you know domestic violence in a jazz club right as traditional red and blue pete you know right and still be there but you can take the character that far if there's this not external an external force representing the internal thing right well and, so, and, yeah. and in fact you can take it farther yeah right yeah you, you can you yeah. can you can make him go even farther if it's not entirely his fault Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the audience is more is is going to be more forgiving of him because they know that he's being affected by this uh, external force. Right. Yeah. And this is like you talked about on Monday where you it's hard to crack the nut of Venom as a villain. It's not as hard to crack the nut of the symbiote suit. Right. As the as the villain. Right. Exactly. So we, we don't have to jump all the way to, I, which I guess is what people wanted, but we don't have to jump all the way to the big scary monster guy for it to work as a story. Right. Um, but then it was actually Alvin Sargent who, upon hearing this idea of the symbiote and specifically what Sam was wanting to do with it and what their initial plans for the Vulture were, mm-hmm. that uh, Alvin Sargent had a take on Eddie Brock and he basically wrote up everything about what he thought the, the the Spider-Man 3 take on Eddie Brock would be. Like, how would we adapt this character and presented it to Sam? And then that's when Sam became fully on board with Venom. It was because wow. of Alvin's take on the character of right. Eddie Brock. 
as a sort of, uh, you know, nega Peter. Right. Yeah. An anti Peter Parker. Like he represents everything, you know, the, the opposite of what Peter Parker is. It's like he's mm-hmm. not the meathead you know, sleazy character that he is in the, in the comics, he's a different kind of sleaze. He's, yeah, uh, the sleaze, like a, he's more of like a, you know, like an evil Peter Parker in a way, like a, like not, not evil, but like just sort of broken. He's a, right. Like a bad Peter Parker isn't going from our, our, our nerdy photographer guy to a big jock blah person. The bad Peter Parker is a, our nerdy photographer boy, but, totally selfish and self-centered and creepy and that is better like i I mean i know people love people love venom and and they care a lot about him and you know we've had our whole you know venom episode to talk about the the new take on the character that's out there these days but i if you take a step back from the cultural associations of venom and just look at him as a character that is a solid choice especially a character in this story in this story yeah. yeah Uh, yeah. you know, he, there, there is a way that you could have done the other version of Eddie Brock, but mm-hmm. he would have needed to be, he would have needed to have his own movie and he would, it would have needed to be about something else. Right. Um, it would have had to be an t- entirely different thing. And that isn't the movie that they were making. It's not the movie that Sam wanted to make. He wanted to make a movie about forgiveness yeah. and this is where it ended up. And and I think that it makes a lot of sense that they got to this point, that this is this is where they ended up. It was basically Eddie Brock stepping in for where uh, Vulture was. Vulture was. Yeah. yeah. Um, and allowed for more forward momentum with the character throughout the film. Totally. Uh, a- along with sort of hooking directly into Peter being a jerk. And this, yeah. right? And so it all it all sort of plays out kind of exactly the way that it should be, right? Um, and the fact that Eddie isn't able to forgive Peter even after he f- is Venom and fully knows that the symbiote uh, is the reason that Peter was acting that way, yeah, it, it ends up being his downfall. Um, yeah. And it's kind of perfect in that way. It is this sort of perfect thing of like, this is the dangers of not being able to forgive. Um, yeah. And I think that what they did uh, is actually kind of a smart take. You know, does it work moment to moment? Maybe not. But I think yeah. it, it makes sense. It does make sense. All of these choices are totally understandable. It's like, I guess the, the thrust... I keep coming back to when it comes to this movie. Uh, not all the movie works, but the choices are understandable. And honestly, is in the conceptual phase, really strong. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes leading all the way up into it. Um, do you know how they specifically got Topher involved? Uh, that, that was their, the, he was their first go. Uh, wow. As soon as Alvin wrote that first treatment of what the Eddie Brock character should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was, I want to say, I think it was Avi Arad who said, wow. I just watched this movie with this kid, Topher Grace. I think he would play this part really well um, for what we're doing with the character. And everyone unanimously agreed immediately. And they yeah. brought him in and he didn't know why he was there for Spider-Man 3. Um, oh, gosh. In fact, 
you know, a part of him wondered if he was coming in to talk about replacing Tobey Maguire because the, everyone right. knew what happened in Spider-Man 2, right? They almost lost Tobey Maguire almost, yeah. and cast Jake Gyllenhaal. And so Tover Grace like thought, oh, is this going to be another situation like that? Am I just playing like this? I, I, or am I just playing like a super minor role? He didn't know what he was there for. Wow. And then they started talking about Venom and Raimi kept inferring that like if we end up going in this direction we think that you would be a really good take on this character like what would you want to do with the character and Topher Grace uh, lost his mind because Eddie Brock (laughs) is one of his favorite comic book characters of all time like Venom is one of his favorite comic book characters of all time it's the those are the comics that he read the most like anytime he he said that anytime he saw a comic with venom on the cover he would buy that comic when he was a kid because he was just he loved that character and the idea he's been he'd been waiting forever to see that character on screen and the idea that he would be the one to get to play it blew his mind totally um so he was just ecstatic to play this part I, I just really want to like give Topher Grace a hug or something. Yeah. Like I just, I just Yeah. He you did good, buddy. It's not it's not your fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it, it's he did good with the take on the character that they were doing. Totally. Um yeah. he did a really good job. So that's how they got, you know, Eddie Brock into the into the proceedings. Mm-hmm. However, when this was happening, uh Sam, Ivan, and Alvin all came to the conclusion, all came to the same conclusion, which was that this movie needs to be uh, Sandman, the black suit and Eddie Brock and and New Goblin in movie one. And then movie mm-hmm. two should be Venom, more New Goblin and Spider-Man in the second film. Oh, uh, yeah. They're like, it needs to be, it needs to be one, it needs to be a two-parter, essentially. And they were working under this, uh, under this assumption, and they wrote a treatment based on this, that they, they would shoot Spider-Man 3 and 4 back-to-back, um, and that it would be Black Symbiote leading into Venom in uh, 4. Totally. And the problem uh, was that they could not come up with a narrative device a climax for the uh first half for the end of spider-man 3 into 4 that felt uh narratively satisfying um and laura (laughs) avi and even kevin feige were all sort of uh, like weird about it like as far as like ah that, that i don't know we can't figure out a way to make the first part of this satisfying in any way and so we don't think it's going to be a good idea because the way that the treatment originally ended was it ended with uh peter realizing that the symbiote was having an effect on him um uh, after uh fighting Spider-Man and then or fighting Sandman and then going to the church, getting rid of it, it falling on Eddie and then Eddie yeah. leaping toward the camera as Venom cut to credits. Ah, yeah. Um, and obviously there were a lot of other changes story wise sure, yeah. um, in there as well. Uh, uh, as far as differences, it wouldn't literally be what Spider-Man three was up to that point. There would have been right. um, a lot more uh, stuff, but they could not figure out a way to make the third act um, narratively satisfying uh, in a way that 
people wouldn't the, yeah, feel what is your cheated climax yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Where, where it's not gonna feel like oh i guess we just stopped the movie now right um <laughs> i like that they cared about that <laughs> like yeah. i'm just thinking now about like the hobbit movies or something oh, yeah. where <laughs> we'll just we'll just chop off a story where wherever and you're gonna feel terrible about it yeah yeah but like, we'll they're see like you next no, year it won't <laughs> They're like, no, it won't work as a movie. So how do we go from there? Right. Okay. So so that happened, and then so then uh, Sam and Ivan wrote a new treatment that w- made both films into one film, and then together with Alvin Sargent, uh, they went back and forth, and they wrote a draft of Spider-Man Three that was one hundred and fifty-eight pages. Um, and it was it was not it was not a a draft. When I say it was a draft, this was a complete draft of Spider Man Three. This was you know six or seven drafts in, and this was yeah. this was the one hundred fifty eight page Spider Man Three script. And wow. everyone read it, everyone loved it, but because of the length, it was too expensive. And everyone <sighs> said like they were like you know. All the research that I've read about, I've read on this take, this version of this script was that this movie was better than Spider-Man 2. It had so much character and all of the plot threads connected perfectly. People were saying that despite being 158 pages, you could, you know, bounce a quarter off of this script. It was so tight. <sighs> um, <sighs> they're like, it was so tight. This was a great script, but it would have cost like 300 to 325. And that was just right. That was just unheard of at at this point. (laughs) And they're like, look, we, we have no problem making the most expensive film ever made, but maybe not by like $125 million. (laughs) Um, It was too, it was too much. And, they decided to bring it down and lose 25 pages. And wow. in doing so, we get the script that we ended up with in the movie. Right. Um, the movie that right. they shot was this the version of that script that they cut 25 pages out of. Um, and uh, it, it turns it messy and thing it lost all subtlety. And things get rushed and obvious right. in that way. Yeah. Right. Um, and unfortunately that's where a lot of the quality was lost was in that, where that happened. Um, I would love to get my hands on that 158 page draft of this script. Uh, Mm. I don't know where it exists. I don't know how to find it. Um, I, the only place that I could think of that it exists is like the Sony archives, uh, which I don't have access to as much as I'd like to, um, (laughs) anyone listening to this works at Sony and wants to send me that script, uh, I would be forever in your debt because I would love to read it and reference it throughout this. Um, because yeah, my understanding is that this script was the script and this is the one that it's the one they should have shot. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately they cut 25 pages out of it and lost, all of the subtlety, all of the um, ca- a lot of a lot of character moments, uh, and even like a few action sequences that made everything uh, come together a little more cleanly, including a lot of the explanation of what exactly the symbiote is, what it's doing, and how it connects to um, uh, Eddie Brock versus Peter. Like right. what that what the what the relationship between the symbiote and its host is, um, mm-hmm. all of that stuff is cut out 
and it's just turns the symbiote into a sort of like very one dimensional concept goo villain goo villain yeah. concept yeah um instead of the more three dimensional living being that it was in the 158 page version of this yeah um, and it, it it might be hard to I, i'm just thinking about the fact that we're recording this like after avengers endgame and the you know the big the big experiment of the mcu has been like concluded uh and we're looking at this film that was going into production right before that started and there's there's this sadness I'm feeling, which is that in like 2019, it wouldn't be crazy to like go all out and have a movie that is absolutely huge and really commits to these like earnest character beats in amongst the biggest superhero action that's ever been made, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. That's that's not a a risk that anybody is uh, would be afraid of, but at the time it could it was just untenable. Yeah, like. That movie could have worked. Yeah, and it's it's not even a slight remote possibility that it could have worked. We've we've now lived in a world where bigger and crazier versions of that have been done to you know the biggest financial success of all time. That's just what makes me sad. Yeah, one of the main things that they uh, took out of this uh, script was the relationship to um, addiction and yes. and how. Uh, the the symbiote suit is an addiction for Peter, um, yeah. and that's not something. That's something that is like sort of barely grazing the surface of mentioning in the movie. It's it's not it's not quite there. the 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 idea of you know if you're nothing without the suit, you don't deserve it. You know, it, it's that <laughs> it's that sort of thing. It's like it it, but it's like sort of the dark version of that. Of like, oh, I was I was nothing without this suit. And it's like, what do you mean? That's yeah. the guy everybody loves. Was the guy yeah. in that in the other Spider-Man. suit without that yeah. suit? That's the guy that like <laughs> that you know got all of the accolades that 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 you're so uh, you're loving so much. Not this black suit thing, um, yeah. and that that sort of arc, that emotional arc for Peter of like realizing that he's addicted to this suit, and making the connection between his addiction to it. And the way that it's making him act, all of that sort of coalesces into him realizing he needs to get rid of it. Um, wow. And all of that is sort of trimmed back so far to the bare minimum that it just barely scrapes by on making sense. Stories are tricky things. And if you get one totally working, so many of these pieces are interlocking and fitting together in such a way that like chopping a chunk out of it, you don't go from a, a good you don't go from a great movie to like a pretty good one. You go from a great movie to a movie that feels like it doesn't work. Right. Not to say that's the same thing as being a terrible piece of shit movie. Cause that's not what this is at all, but it is, I think where that weird feeling happens and that weird feeling when you're watching something and it doesn't quite fit. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, it was a very, very different, um, very different thing. Uh, yes. you know, it, it was, and it's, and it's very, it's very unfortunate. Um, it's, you know, it was even a, uh, you know, the, even, even the, even the suit being, uh, black and white sort of like fit the theme of, of the movie, which is that, you know, uh, Peter is seeing the world in black and white in that like there are good people and there are bad people period. And, right. and, this, and then you have to 
see things in color yeah. with more yeah. Yeah. nuance. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so like all everything, everything really works thematically and um, fits together well. It's just unfortunate that they cut out a lot of the uh, a lot of the stuff that makes it all cohesive in a in a stronger way, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, and then as far as um, uh, Thomas Hayden Church, uh, he got involved. Basically, they they had they came up with a list of sixty three actors who uh, could possibly play Sandman. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> they went through two of them, and then uh, Laura Ziskin was like, "All right, we haven't gotten to him yet, but um, Thomas Hayden Church, like that's yeah. that's who we want. That's who we think should play this part." And Sam, who had um, almost cast him in The Gift, was very ecstatic at this idea immediately upon uh, hearing it because he'd wanted to work with him for a long time, and. Uh, you know, uh, church had just done sideways sideways and everyone yeah. really liked him in that. Uh, and they felt that he had the ability to do the things that he needed to do in this, which was that he needed to be, uh, this sort of, um, he needed to be as intimidating as uh, sort of soft and emotional. And he needed to be able to balance those things. And they felt that he was the, the guy for it. And, cast him right away the the casting for the this movie like all of these roles it was sort of like a lot of times it was like one and dones where it was like they yeah. knew exactly who they wanted and then they got them and it just fit right in yeah. sort of like uh like kismet or serendipity yeah or something like yeah that. exactly so yeah a lot of these casting stories is that it was almost like uh serendipitous i guess is, is a way to put it i don't know yeah. maybe that's too yeah just that the the concept for the character came up and then the right actor was was just there. Maybe that's part of just the fact that the projects were so successful at this point that it wasn't hard to get as hard to get people to agree to do a Spider Man. Yeah, I think I well, and I think that um I I think for like like for someone like Ben Kingsley, right, seeing mm-hmm. Alfred Molina in the last film, he right. probably was like, Oh, well he looks like he had fun, you know? <laughs> I I, yeah. I wanna have fun. Oh, there's uh, a lot of room to do cool stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so you know, I think I think that's part of it. I think, you know, Thomas Hayden Church was like excited to be in like a big movie. Like Topher Grace was, you know, a big fan yeah. of these movies and of comics and Venom in general. And you know, it was. Uh, I, I I think that they were at the height of their powers at this point um, in totally. the industry, and they could have really gotten anybody they wanted for anything. Yeah. Divorced from the the idea of like how people receive this movie and how they they feel about it, there is a certain magic to assembling a cast and everything seeming like it's aiming in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, from from what I can tell, this it seems like this went as smoothly as it can go for a project this big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they had an extra year to work. Yeah, which uh, which which was a big change, obviously, from mm-hmm. the second one. It's, you know, it just, it all kind of fell the way that it, I mean, it should have, you know, like, I don't think anyone is miscast in this movie. No, for, for what they're doing and the relationships they need to have in this movie, um, everybody's working great. Yeah. Um, I will say, I think that, um, I do think that it is a mistake to have Gwen Stacy in this movie. Yes. Um, I don't think, I don't think there's any... 
need for that. I don't think there's any need for her to be Gwen Stacy. I I understand the purpose of the character in in yeah. it, but it does feel a little uh, fan servicey in like a bad way. Right. Like we got rid of the need for Gwen Stacy when we redid our approach to Mary Jane. Right. You know. Right. So. Uh, yeah. We're we're taking a step. I don't know if backwards is the right way to phrase it, but like. Yeah. It it doesn't it doesn't really it's not it's just not a necessary uh, addition to the film. Um, I, don't, yeah. I don't think and I, I don't think it really adds a lot to it thematically either um, yeah I, I I almost wonder if she had more of a role in that 158 page version mm-hmm. um, I almost wonder if instead of that jazz club scene if we had something more like Peter in the black suit being not like directly, like uh, indirectly responsible for like Gwen Stacy's death or oh, her yeah. father's death. Um, something like that. Something like that. And maybe they, they cut all of that out because then, then it's like, okay, now I understand why you used Gwen Stacy, you know? Right. But in right. the version of the film that we got, I don't know why that needs to be Gwen Stacy. Yeah, the only difference I know of is like some cryptic allusions to they removed some scenes with Captain Stacy, her father. Uh-huh. And originally she was going to be the um, damsel in peril at the end of the film. Oh. Instead of MJ. Interesting. But the, I, there's no like firm anything along that that's just what in the the same interview i've been i've been touching base with that's that's all they've said god that makes so much more sense right that like whether or not you have like a captain stacy death or something going on but that this girl is in danger and we have to help her even though i don't know well well, it makes more sense that that uh, eddie would kidnap her right especially especially in the version of the movie that we got because we never establish why uh, Eddie Brock knows everything that he knows. Like we never established that the symbiote carries memories from host to host. Yeah. Like, like that we can infer that, but it's not actually in the movie. No, so. there's no text yeah. in the movie yeah. saying that that's yeah. what happens. Uh, so it doesn't make sense that he would know that Mary Jane was Peter's uh, girlfriend or love yeah. interest or whatever. Like it doesn't really play from Eddie's perspective. She, he's into the girl that he, that Eddie is into that it's Gwen. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah. So any like any venom Spider-Man like conflict would be more focused on her. Yeah. You would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, oh man. And then MJ could have been the one to go to Harry to bring him yeah, into the to fight get him on board instead yeah. of, Houseman. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. And we're back. Yes, we are. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I definitely want to read that 158 page draft. Oh, my God. I'm desperate to read that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, or that, that two parter. Thing, yeah that's you know? the the two-parter is the one that i'm the most interested in but i would be willing i would i like i would accept the 158 page draft um just to just to read it check it out yeah um but i love and the it, idea of that two-parter i think that's like the best way to do it you know because you could have like um i think i think if i remember correctly right i mentioned that like like harry would barely be in the the first one 
right? He was mostly uh, okay. in the second one with Venom, I think. Yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. I think it would have been cool to have the split be, like, you know, he hurts his friend, and that's the thing that, like, snaps him out of it um, and gets rid of the, the suit. Um, but then it's, like, he's, like, mad at him in the next one, and he has to, like, convince him to, like, help him uh, defeat Venom or whatever. Um, I think that's... Because that's, that is what happens in the comics, right? Like Harry becomes the goblin for a while and, uh, and, and something happens and Peter has to like convince him to help him like mm-hmm. fix something. And then Harry dies in the process, um, of like redeeming yeah. himself. Yeah. And I think, you know, what Zach said, what 2019 Zach said is like, it's so true. Like in an age where Endgame was like the biggest movie in the world. And that was like three hours long yeah, and had no, reservations about starting on the deep end with stuff like yeah like an almost three hour spider-man trilogy capper no one would bat an eye you know but it just kind of came at the run on the on the like studio side of things you know yeah like right and i mean no way home was two and a half hours you know right i mean and yeah and like uh, the side 45 i think it was like it was like it was like infinity war length right yeah yeah and like Spider-Verse is going to be two and a half hours long and right. like we, yeah. And so it's, it, it, it's a, it's a huge, huge bummer. Um, but like, like, you know, I have no, I think the filmmakers did the best they could with like, yeah. I think we've, we've, you and I have both been there where we're like, God, there was just something about this character that we love so much, but there's just, it's not ringing. It's not, it's not perfect. So God, I think we have to go back to formula and yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, and and I think we 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 came to this conclusion over over the course of the the uh, the season, but like I think that um, I understand thematically what the Sandman arc is doing, like this the Sandman being in this movie is doing for the movie and 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 for Peter's story of like giving him a sort of throwaway villain that he can like you know come to terms with like an inner darkness um mm-hmm. and and uh react to it in a way that is uh not healthy um mm-hmm. like i get what what his purpose in this is but i feel like to do this correctly i think that you get rid of sandman you get rid of all the uncle ben stuff and unfortunately like the thing that sucks about that is that like we would lose like that amazing sandman origin thing we would lose right, yeah. Um, uh, Sam Raimi's basic interest in the movie. Um, yeah. and, and I think that that's, that's primarily the problem is that he's most interested in the least interesting part of the movie. Um, because the rest of the movie has to take precedence over it because that's the thing that requires the most like, you know, walking yeah. room. <laughs> but it's the least uh, interesting part of the movie because uh, by the way, Thomas Hayden's Thomas Hayden Church. His initials are THC. Never noticed that before. But <laughs> THC is never given. I mean, like they they pay lip service where he's like making the weirdest. He's starting to make the weirdest looking sandwich ever. Yeah. Um. And then he's like, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a bad person, and he's gone. And I'm like, where he this dude deserves a Rosie. I like this kid scene. Right. Like. Right. I'm not saying he has to know Peter personally, but like it's so clear that this is where Sam's heart is. And yeah. so it sucks that like, it's the most boring part of the movie, but it's like the part that should be the most Raimi. And yeah, it, it, we're so we're, and then we're like rushed into the new goblin stuff, which is, I remember the second, 
like you knew this was coming pete my like 16 year old brain was like oh this isn't gonna be perfect the way spider-man 2 is Mm. like it's already not as good and Mm. it's just gonna have to it was like a uphill battle watching this movie for the first time yeah of like trying to find stuff which happens sometimes in a movie i think you can tell very quickly to go from perfect to good to go from all tang banger to there's some good stuff in this Uh is a steep drop that i think it it took a while for me to make peace with yeah i so all i don't think thomas hayden church is good in this movie um i watching it this time i was like kind of bummed out because i was like man he like it almost feels like he's being held back from like doing a real character because somebody is telling him that like well flint marco is just like a dumb like a A dumb guy like a dumb brute and so like there's there's like moments like where he's fighting um spider-man for the first time in the back of that truck and spider-man's like you know uh didn't you hear there's a new sheriff in this town i was like what the fuck does that mean number one but number two then he's like okay okay um and it's just it's so like there's just nothing there he's just it's like a it's all of his dialogue is just so wooden and and his whole performance is wooden and um like there's like a few moments where you sense like oh like thomas hayden church is like acting now in this moment like when he's Mm -hmm. monologuing about what really happened with uncle ben and and like stuff like that is like solid yeah it's like solid acting but like the rest of the movie i'm just like i don't care about this guy there's like that moment where like venom where he like grabs he thinks he grabs spider-man and it turns out it's venom and he throws him away and then turns to walk away like my my favorite part of the whole movie yeah where he's just like well whatever that doesn't have anything to do with me (laughs) yeah because he's like an npc he's just like he would keep walking in a straight line forever until someone gives him a new quest because he wants nothing Right, like right. He wants to save his daughter and make his daughter healthy, but in this movie, it just means stealing a a, a big bag of gold coins again. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. There's also like a sense, yeah. So he doesn't have gold coins this time. He has a big bag of like of of like vacuum sealed cash. Um, right. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the same deal. Um, he, uh, uh, you know what? This movie really needed. And unfortunately, like it's not in the cinematic language of these movies to do to do this. But mm-hmm. what this movie really needed was like a flashback montage of him just mm-hmm. being a normal guy, like a construction worker. And then he comes home uh, or he gets like he gets like laid off at his job, goes home, his daughter like convulses and then they take yeah. her, to the ho- her to the hospital, figures out that she's sick. He has to like. He's like, okay, I guess I'm gonna like, I'm gonna like steal shit or something, and then like, yeah, they have no money criminal. for health insurance or anything right, like that, right, 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 right. Just does all of that. You just see the weight of he of all of this slamming down on top of him, yeah. and having no choice but to like become a criminal. And then you see him get arrested, and then you see him escape from prison, and then you go from there, you know, or like something yeah. like that. Like maybe that could have um, been like the opening sequence, even. Like yeah, that's what this needed was something like that. This needed uh, something yeah. to explain like his character and like uh, fuel his motivation. Because like I'm sorry, but the daughter that doesn't speak, I don't feel anything about her. Yeah, like they give her the thing, the wire in her nose, 
to be like lip service, like, oh, she's sick. Isn't that sad? In the, like, crutch. Yep. Yeah. In the crutch. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I thought you were going to say, and I, but it inspired, I never thought about this before. Is like, yeah, you're right. Flint Marco is a brute. And I think like he's never been Otto Octavius or Norman right. Osborn. And I don't think they should have turned him into that. Like, cause it's, no. it's interesting. Cause he, he's unlike those other two. He's not a mad scientist. Yeah. Um, and again, this might be outside of this movie cinematic language, but I think this movie may have needed a kingpin or yeah. a, a tombstone to be like, Hey, Marco, you know, I see you got these cool new sand powers. You give me what I want. I can walk into any hospital in New York, snap my fingers, and your daughter will start getting the treatment that she needs. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'll, I'll do what you want, boss. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. It needed, it, it definitely, because the problem is that I think Sam was very interested in the special effects of Sandman. Mm-hmm. But I think that turning Sandman into a fully fleshed out character was uh, harder than he was expecting it to be. Sure. Um, while without like completely betraying the character, you know, from the comics, you know, yeah. well, you've, you've read a, you've read a bunch of tons more Spider-Man comics than I have. Like when Sandman is at his best in the comics, is it usually, is he usually like a tool, like a service character as opposed to uh, like a grand machination kind of villain? Yeah, he's never a grand machination character, um, mm. and it, and he's always like uh, uh, doing the crime thing out of like some form of desperation, uh, right? For one reason or another, um, just like Rhino, you know, um, just like any of those sort of like Spider-Man heavies, those brute characters, they're all right. the same. They they they're very interchangeable in that way, um, and and yeah, like. Electro, Electro is actually typically one of them. Like he's he's typically also like kind of just like a dumb guy who got powers. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those like B list Spider Man villains, and that was that's the other like uphill struggle with this movie is that like Vulture, which is what you know Sam wanted, yeah. uh, Sandman, Rhino, Electro. Shocker. Uh, you know, all of those characters, the, the lizard, the problem with the lizard is he's too similar to what they did with Doc Ock, right? Mm-hmm. So oh, you don't want to do that no. too. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to do that two movies in a row. Um, yeah. That's, that's the struggle with that. But like, so, so, you know, they've already done the two heaviest hitters, the two that like deserve a movie on their own. And and granted, we'll talk about Homecoming in a few weeks and they do a really great job of like reinventing Vulture. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But but they still surround him with two other Spider-Man villains. Shocker and and the, the Tinkerer? and the Tinkerer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who's like barely a villain in this. He's more of just like this is I'm the I'm like I'm helping the bad guys cuz it's it's my job, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but but my point is is like they still don't like let him be like I the only villain, you know? Right, it's, for sure. It just it's not enough. It's not enough. <laughs> um yeah. It's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see what Holland's fourth Spider-Man movie is like because yeah. You know, gosh, you know, I got, you know, we'll we'll talk about this, but I really would love to see him square off against his own Doc Ock. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. maybe even doing, finally doing the thing where he's a, a colleague of Peter's instead of a mentor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but then like a third Doc Ock in a Spider-Man movie, you know, like, right, right. That's that, you know, um, it's, it's so, so you, 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 so you have Sandman being the thing that Sam's most interested in, but he, he's not an interesting character. So he's to mm-hmm. add all of this baggage with the daughter, but it feels like lip service. It's not interesting. None of the dialogue is good in that scene. Um, when his, his like ex-wife is just like, uh, you, you oh. and the truths having three meals a day in prison while well, I'm oh. in the presence of great truth, the truth of that daughter, your, your daughter over there. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? The, none of those words make any sense. They just, oh, I like it was just a stream of, of shit that you're like, yeah, that musically sounds like dialogue. Sure. <laughs> Feels I really, like I, really, I wrote it. <laughs> I was, a, I, I disagree. I was a fan of like you and you in prison having three square, square meals a day. It's like, oh yeah. Like. He can't even be guilty. He can't even be like, oh, I was in prison because it's like, oh, yeah, like you're getting fed and you're safe from the elements. But like she's she's stuck out here. I don't know. Like, I, I, I like that bit. I, I understand. No, no, no. I appreciate what you're saying. I appreciate the, the note behind the note of the dialogue. The actual dialogue about like you and the truth sitting in prison three meals a day. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Oh man, no! Get the truth? What truth? Like, what are you? Because well, like, she, th- she throws it back in his face because he's like, "You don't know the truth." Like, oh, the truth? Just like, spare me, dude! Like, I don't care about your sob story. I have a sick kid, and like, I have to feed it. You're eating Ugh. my bread. Give me back my bread, dum dum. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, 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 I guess I, I just think it's awful dialogue. Um, uh, I, I appreciate I, like what, what the point of the dialogue is, but I don't think the dialogue is written very well. Um, it feels very sweaty to me. Um, like most of the dialogue in this movie, to be honest. Um, uh, I don't know. It's, yeah, so anyway, so he he tries to do this lip service thing with Sandman, but For in sure. reality, it's like, you look at Spider-Man as a, as a character, and, and you, you try to like, okay, we're doing Green Goblin, obviously. We're doing Doc Ock, obviously. Mm-hmm. who's the third villain that you do? I like, it's like, it's like, well, you could do lizard, but we already did a lot of like, li- like Kurt Connors relationship stuff with, with Otto in the second yeah. one. So we don't want to repeat that. So let's, let's table lizard. Okay. So what are our other options? You could do vulture, but vulture is like a pretty B list character. And I don't know that they had a take on the vulture. That was really that interesting, which is why it never, yeah. you know, I was going to say like, l- Lord knows they tried. Yeah, and, they tried twice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it just didn't work until you got to to homecoming, and they had like a real uh, fresh take on the character. Um, so Vulture doesn't work. Uh, and then it's like, well, who are your other options? It's like of, of all of the the rogues gallery of Spider Man, who are his biggest villains? What what could you do next? And it's like, well, you could do Craven. Right. Craven feels weird in this universe. Um, a, a, like a a big game hunter feels like a weird thing I think, for, for him. I think 2007, The Rock could have fit into this universe. As Interesting. Craven. Like, big, bombastic, like... Yeah, maybe. But you're right. I mean, like, I, I've I've never... We'll see what uh, what Aaron Johnson does. I've never been a big Craven guy. No, like, no. Neither have I. I don't, I don't love Craven, but... If you're looking at his rogues gallery, oh, yeah, for like, sure, absolutely. You know, it's like it's like you know, Sandman doesn't have a Craven's last hunt. You know, 
definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but I guess you could do, okay. So here, here's my pitch for how you do Craven in a, in a, in a Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie, especially in this Spider-Man movie, you have him be another vigilante. He's like another hero. Oh, cool. Yeah. Spider-Man's too soft. I'm, I'm Craven the hunter. Right. I'm Craven the hunter. I go out, I get, I get shit done. Um, and also, uh, you know, he throws he throws candy ass around a little bit. You know, if he's going to be played by the Rock, you know. Oh hell um, yeah, yeah. And 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 he just it's it's like, and then P, like and then you see New York. It really loves Peter at the beginning, and then starts to be like, oh, this Craven guy is pretty cool though, and he doesn't wear a mask. And JJ's like, this guy doesn't wear a mask. I love this guy. This is my guy. Craven's right. The, Craven's cool. He because he you know because you know one thing that we really liked about this Peter is he sort of he's not. He he does. You never see him like shaking hands with a cop. Yeah, like, he's yeah. Everyone loves him, and he's not like transgressive at all because like we're still in the like, comic book world. But like the idea of Craven, like what if what like imagine if Spider Man let Rhino go or like right. showed compassion, and then Rhino escapes or Shocker escapes and actually like hurts people, right? And it's like, hey, Spider Man, Spider Man's too soft. Like it's two thousand and seven. Yeah. yeah, we. We need a new hero for a new New York. And then here's yeah. Craven, like, dropping off people in front of the police and, like, shaking hands. And he's like, this guy's not wearing him, like you said. Like, oh, Craven, he's a real hero. And then Yeah. Like, and he's oh. good at, like, at, like, promoting himself, you know, where, like, yeah. yeah, he's he's there to take pictures and, like, shake hands with the cops as he's, like, dropping off criminals. And, you know, he gets on the news and talks. He does, like, the talking head, like, correspondent oh, yeah. stuff. And, like, he just goes all in on, like, building a brand for himself, something that's Spider-Man can never do because he doesn't want to reveal to everyone that he's Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you have Peter dealing with that. The only problem with a Craven movie is that in order to do that story of Craven, you need another villain. You need like a like scorpion a or a scorpion. lizard or you know, so, you need another villain that yeah. that that Peter wins ultimately wins the day through empathy. Right, because like against yeah, cause that, that, Craven, because that was my favorite thing from the behind the scenes stuff is you know Peter has to learn that there is gray, and yeah. The movie is about forgiveness and empathy, and the idea right. of maybe he 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 finds the black suit, and he's like, okay, if they want a dark hardcore villain that doesn't pull his punches, I can be that guy, yeah. And then actually is, but then learns like, oh wait, no, Craven's gonna shoot Sandman or or or, or Max Dugan or whoever. I but I know that Dr. Connors or whoever is a real person that is just hurt and scared. I have to put the real the red and blue suit on and be Spider-Man, not who yeah. people want to be, but who I know I I I, yeah. I have to be. Yeah. So so there you go. So there's there's a Craven right, story yeah. option, I guess. You could have done something with Craven. But instead of Craven, and I think that the reason that Sam would never want to do a Craven movie is because Craven isn't an interesting uh, villain visually or or right. like in action sequences. There's nothing the interesting the, about him. Yeah, yeah he's just a gun, gun. He's a guy with a gun or a guy with like you know a harpoon or like whatever the fuck. The yeah. weird little ball, the ball, the ball string thing. Yeah, that, yeah, that goes yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. The thing that they they uh, what are, what are those things called? Um, it, it has, has like a. Too. Yeah, it has like a name, like a like a like a uh, I don't know, like a dunder or something like that. I yeah, what for it's sure. Called. But yeah, you just like you, the thing you throw at people's legs and it spins around and then they fall. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, totally nets. 
loves nets you know loves nets loves a net. yeah that 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 kind of that kind of vibe um but yeah <laughs> none of that shit i think it would interest sam raimi as a director <laughs> it's, it's after dr octopus you know? <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think he's like oh yeah like i can't wait to do craven who's just a guy with a gun <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so I think that's probably why that would have never happened. But mm-hmm. then, um, uh, then the other only option at that point is Venom. Like Venom is the other guy. Yeah. Um, but Venom comes from a period of time that Sam has no interest in. Um, mm-hmm. he didn't wasn't reading comics in the nineties, you know. And like you and Zach pointed this out, this was like right before you had you had writers like Donny Cates that. Right. Really, like, oh, there's a lot to this character and this mythos that we haven't taken advantage of yet. And yep. now there's, like, a whole galaxy of cool Venom comics and stuff to yeah, pull from. Yeah, very true. Very, very true. Um, So, yeah, so then so then it's like, well, so then you got to do Venom. But in order to do Venom, you have to do the black suit. And in order to do the black suit properly, like, you need a villain. But then the problem is, like, well, who that villain should have been was Eddie Brock for Peter and Harry as the goblin for uh uh for Spider-Man and Peter I guess um like it's it's Harry going too far with Harry should have been what happened he doesn't need to murder two people or like almost right. murder two people um yeah, just yeah. one would have been plenty and, but the problem is that like toy sales they don't want just another goblin right they already we already did goblin so we I want something new but like Okay, so now now we have to wrap up the the, the goblin stuff, yeah. Because like we're not gonna get we're not gonna get him to sign on for a fourth movie, and we don't want to like con- draw this out any further. Um, mm-hmm. So we have to do the goblin stuff in this movie, but they want a new toy, so we have to do that. So that means we do need to bring in another villain, and then suddenly there's just there's too much stuff in here to the point where yeah. you literally have to put Harry on ice for an hour, right? And Flint, like, yeah, the, Flint goes from good riddance, you know, turns into mud. And then the next yeah. time we see him is when he's just ambling down an alleyway, heading God knows the Hudson for all we know. And then yeah. Venom gives him a side quest. Like, well, he does. We, we see him uh, 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 pour out of the, the drain. Oh, OK. Right, but right. but then we don't see him again until like, yeah, until that moment, I think. I'm going to this is going to sound like sacrilege to comic book readers, but like you always say that Spider-Man and Batman have two of the best rogue galleries in comics. Mm -hmm. And maybe in comics, that's true. But like listening to you talk, it's like, wow, like Scorpion, Rhino, Electro, Shocker. When you take away their theme and their powers, which are gorgeous and iconic, they're kind of all just like dumb root crooks. Yep. But they're they're great villains in a 20 page comic. Right. Yeah. But but expanding them out to a feature film, you have to betray a lot of what makes them their character. Um, You have to change a lot about them or you have to just make them a side thing like how Homecoming has literally has two shockers, a tinkerer, a scorpion and then Vulture. Right. Yeah. Which feels to me like a whenever I pick up a Spider-Man comic, it normally is like he's on his way to do something that matters like propose to MJ or make it to a science exam. But like, oh, Max, dude, I don't need you doing electro stuff right now, man. Yeah. You are not the center of my universe, dude. And like that that's great for a comic. But yeah, a movie has to be, especially back then in 07, a movie had to be this big, huge lumbering thing with a big right. villain that takes over the poster. Right. 
And and I think I think at the end of the day, the villain of this movie is the symbiote, and and I think mm-hmm. that that's undebatable. I I I feel like that is the villain. Like that is the yeah. only the only thing, even more so than Eddie Brock. Like yeah, Eddie Brock is like a, a he's an antagonist to Peter and to Peter's life, but. Yeah, like Venom is nothing in this, right? Like Venom is yeah. really just an extrapolation of the the symbiote being like, "You dick." <laughs> right, yeah. And like uh, uh, all of the like if if they had made the symbiote more of a character, and I think you and you and Zach said this because you're like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, how does Eddie know who MJ is? How does right. Eddie know what Tiger is?" Right. How right. does Eddie know about Flint's daughter? Because I think all of that. Well, I don't know. I don't know about Flint's daughter. That's fucking insane. I don't know how he ever learned about that. But but with the with everything else, with the with all the Peter stuff, like you know, we know canonically that when you have the symbiote, you you absorb the memories of previous hosts, right? So that's how right. he knows that Peter is Spider Man and knows that uh uh you know MJ is his girlfriend and all the stuff, um. And I'm sure that that was established in the 158-page draft. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of the things that you lose, and then they're just like, well, fans will know, and that that's all that matters. And it's like, right. that's, not what, that's not all that matters. And I think this is the first movie, this is the first sp- superhero movie, where they started talking about the fans. Instead right. of just, like, making a movie for general audiences, they're like, this one's for the fans, and that always goes wrong because they don't know what the fuck they're do- talking about or doing. Right. Like, fans don't know what they want. They don't. They think they do, and they talk really loudly about what they want, but at the end of the day, what they want is a good movie, and unfortunately, we didn't get that with this, you know? Like, I like this movie. I do. I have a lot of fun watching it. It's not yeah. a good movie. I'm aware of that. Um, I would never say that this is a good movie. It's it's just not as bad as people say it is, I think. Yeah, I mean, to put this on the level of, I mean, like, this was the year after X-Men The Last Stand, which right. we covered on, on Franchiseography way back right. when. Right. And, like, that is, that is like a, that's like a borderline travesty. Right. Of, like, not just X-Men as a character, but, like, the two movies that we saw previously. And right. there's just too much stuff in here that sings and is right. terrifically entertaining and fun to like totally discount it but it's just it's a victim of a lot of like just little narrative stuff that we're talking about that ultimately leads to like i think an unsatisfying yeah you know when the credits start rolling you're like oh okay yeah there's 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 a lot of cool stuff in there but like i'm not i don't have my heart's not swelling the way it was in the last movie you know right right exactly um yeah and it's because there's no this movie has zero grand machinations. Like like the 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 plot of this movie is that everybody wants to kill Spider-Man. <laughs> right, That's it. Yeah. There like there's no um you know and I, I I will say like you know at least the goblin has like oh well I have to like I have to fuck with like the board and I want to get the power back and yada yada. And right. but even that movie devolves into like you know, I'll get you Spider-Man because it's just like, well, he got his company back because he killed the board members. And now it's like, well, well, what's his plan now? I don't know. Like, just, <laughs> yeah. You know, like I, I like, you know, that's why that movie's not as good as the second one. Right. The second one is like, 
this is my goal. I have this one goal, and the only reason I use these fucking arms is to get people out of my way of my goal. Like, but I, right. I want to do this thing because I want to prove to everybody that I was right all along. Mm-hmm. Cle- simple, clean, great. This movie doesn't have anything resembling that. Nothing. Nothing even. Nothing even as close as the the you know Norman wanting to get Oscorp back. Nothing. There's just mm-hmm. no grand villainous plan because we don't spend enough time with any one of the villains to do that the closest you can get is that the symbiote just wants a something to leech off of i guess i don't know you know it's it's interesting because you have you know this is a movie about forgiveness yeah um even in its final form i think you know that that's kind of what it's trying to be about and you have harry who can't forgive peter because of his dad died right um and that's interesting and then you have like hair you know norman the ghost of norman talking in harry's ear it sucks that we never get the symbiote right communicate feeding peter's like they all hate you peter right they think you're a loser but i love you and we're the only we can show them who you really are blah 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 blah. that's what it needs that's what it needs i i completely agree i i think we it also just needs like like, what does the symbiote want? Like, why is it here? Is it if it's just here to find a host, then it found one and then it lost it and then it found another one. So, like, what <laughs> what does it fucking matter? Like, did it did it succeed in what it wanted to do? Like, was it trying to, like, invade Earth? Like, what was its what 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 was what was step three? You know, like, right. Yeah. Step one, come to Earth. Step two, bond with a host. Step three, question mark. Like, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the what the future plan was. Um, I'm trying to remember if Venom had a if that was Venom's original plan in 2018 was like, oh, I was coming here to invade Earth and enslave everything. But then I met my best friend. If I remember correctly, he was escaping his planet because they were all bullying him. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. They, they were... want they want to invade. He's like the invader Zim. Yes. Yeah. Ven- Venom was like the invader Zim where they are invading planets. And then he came to Earth because they were just like, yeah, fucking sure. Take the dumb Earth or whatever. And <laughs> he was like, all right. And then he, he gets here and he's like, actually, this isn't half bad. I like oh, I like a lot of this. This planet has hot dogs and chocolate and my best friend, Eddie. I love this. Yeah. Place. Cheeky nuggies. I like Chicky this. Nuggies. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have to say, you know. It's like five minutes into the movie, but the new goblin fight just rips. Oh, it does. It's so cool. It's it, it's really good. It's just like it's I know really it's good. like Yeah. And I really just found me, yeah, just like the the physics of it and like the ring is such a fun like hook. Yeah. Like I remember everyone in the audience like inhaled at the same time when the ring is falling and Toby's like reaching yeah. for it and then he just misses it by that much. Yeah. yeah. That, I feel like more thought and love went into every action sequence in this movie than the rest of the movie around those action sequences. I think, yeah. I think that's like where, where the, the spark of this movie is, is in every action sequence. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's really good. Cause even, even like, yeah, say what you will about like the dialogue and, and about the, uh, you know, whether or not they earned Harry returning to the, to the fray. Um, you know, all of that, like the musicality of that finale is really fucking good. Like 
you know that the, that like that like pumpkin bomb you know, Spider Man's on his last yeah. ropes, and then the fucking bomb beep, beep, throws, beep, and you do yeah. the boop, 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 boom, boom, oh. and then he shows up, and you're like, oh, he's here! Like all of that <laughs> is like you can feel that really working like gangbusters in a better movie, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I think yeah, for sure, and like. uh you know, uh, oh, by the way, I'd never, never clocked before that uh, Woodhouse or Bernard, yeah, the yeah. butler. B- B- it, Bernard Houseman. Bernard Houseman. <laughs> never noticed he was in Spider-Man 2. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he certainly is. <laughs> I, I really, I think there is a deleted scene where Harry looks at a picture of the three of them, the trio, and his love for them. Is like I can't, I can't leave, I can't leave MJMP hang, hanging. I got to be there. Yeah. I think, yeah, as contrived as that is, I think that works better than because it makes it sound like all he needed was more information. Yeah, it is in the editor's cut. The editor's cut. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, they get rid of the Houseman scene. The Houseman scene, I don't think, is in the editor's cut, and instead, it's just that it's him looking at the photo and being like, "Okay, no, I do, I do need to go." Um, yeah. and in he never, I think, in the editor's cut, he never learns the truth about what happened to his dad but like why the fuck is houseman an expert on wounds and stars yeah and and also like he was by his own glider he he died by his own glider it was like yeah but peter could have been like holding the glider and stabbing him with it like you know like you didn't see it happen you didn't see him get stabbed through the nuts like right yeah i don't know um it's so yeah and yeah yeah, it's it's infamously bad yeah the better version of this is is uh is that Venom kidnaps Gwen Stacy? Sure, it's Gwen Stacy in the end of it, not Mary Jane. Mary Jane sees it on TV, sees how bad Peter's struggling, and then goes to Harry to be like, "Harry, please, you have to help he needs him. You. You're his yeah, best I friend. Know th- I, I know. Th- I know. Yeah, you're his best friend. We love you. Please go help him." And he's like, look what he did to my face. And I was like, he's acting weird. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's some weird shit going on. I don't know what's going on, but you have to help him. He's going to die. Because, like, the sweetheart Harry stuff, I think, really works this time. Watching it this time, like, you know, the, the when he's doing the twist and making pancakes or whatever with MJ. Yeah. And when he's like, you know, I wrote you a play. I don't know. I, I found all that really sweet because it's like, oh, MJ needs someone in yeah. this moment. And Harry just happens to be there. And you remember, oh, like all three of these kids have known each other since they were in high school. You know? Yeah. The only problem I think I have with any of that is it's just he doesn't act anything like the Harry that we met in the first Spider-Man. Very true. Yeah. And so it's just like, what's going on here? Like, why is he acting? Why is he acting? Why is he acting like he's like 12 years old? Like he's acting like Shazam. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which Spider Man? Like, I think I think DC Comics exists in this universe. Yes, it does because they mentioned Superman in the in the first mm-hmm. movie. You're not Superman, and, you know. And Harry and Spider Man says Shazam in this one and in three or and in oh, one. Oh, right, Shazam, right. That's go right. web go, go web go. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so I I. Yeah, so I have mixed feelings about about Amnesiac Harry. I, I think oh that my it, gosh. I think it does a lot of interesting stuff, uh, mm-hmm. especially for Mary Jane. I love Mary Jane's arc in this movie. Um, yeah. I, I really, really like it a lot. I think they gave her a lot of really fun, juicy stuff um, in this. I love that, like, everyone is just like, oh, my God, she's she's such she's such trash for for cheating on on Peter. And my feeling is just like, I mean. It kind of just happened. I mean, you're there. You're watching it happen. Like, it just sort of happens. And also, yeah. 
she's going to him because like she goes to call Peter and calls Harry because she's like, I can't talk about my problems with Peter because he always he, reflects back to Spider-Man and belittles my problems. Yeah. He, she because tries. his problems as Spider-Man are so much bigger than my yeah. problems as an actor. And so it's it's hard to talk to him because he does it's hard to relate to him because it's so yeah. different. We're on such different levels. It's so human. And like yeah. she tries. We see her in the movie. She's like, Peter, I'm trying to tell you like you're not listening to me. I'm I'm I'm, I'm telling you that I'm hurt. I'm telling you like, no, no, it's all it's gonna be fine. Just don't listen to that critic. And yeah. she's like it's like, no, it's my I'm my she brings up her dad stuff and Peter's just not there for it. Yeah. And well, so she turns he, to the only, yeah, her other best friend. Yeah, he he even says, uh, hey, you know, like, yeah, people, do, people, I don't always get the best reviews of Spider-Man either. And she's like, Jesus Christ, this isn't about Spider-Man. This isn't about yeah. you. This is about me. Make this and about think, me, please, for once. <laughs> and like, yeah, like an ocean of like male comic book nerds in 07 were like, no, you're wrong. This is about Spider-Man and you need to be grateful or whatever, you know? Yeah, like, right. The the Skyler problem, um, the Skyler problem for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's really frustrating. I think I think her her character arc in this is actually really good. Obviously, it could be better. Um, mm. You know, I, I I think that if she was the one to convince Harry to come save Peter, that is a much stronger choice than Peter convince Peter trying to convince him failing, and then Houseman convincing like, oh, he's actually not lying about the dad thing. He totally killed oh, himself. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Uh, but like, like the only re- like it's the same thing from the last one of like, there's more, there's bigger things going on here than you and me. It's the exact same argument that he makes in the last one, just repeated. Yeah. That's why it would have been stronger if it was Gwen in the car, so that Gwen, it doesn't really matter. Like the Gwen of it all is like kind of irrelevant. It's like whatever. Like she literally mm. is a damsel in distress who gives a shit. Like she's not going to be well, in another one of these movies. And but, it feeds like, into like, oh please. Yeah, but but then but like giving Mary Jane not a damsel in distress story, instead making the action to convince the guy to go save his friend, not me, not Mary Jane. I'm fine. I'm in your apartment right now. Go save him. After He's everything your... that that you did to me and did to us, I am here asking you to help him. Help him. Yeah, um, yeah. That's it's so like, much more powerful because they are the heart of like you know. These three crazy kids that have had all these this soap opera madness going on for three movies for MJ to be the heart of the group and yeah. say, like, I'm asking you as 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 our friend to help Peter. And yeah. the Gwen of it all, it works, too, because like to go back to in a movie where the symbiote is more of an active villain, like as soon as he engulfs Eddie, it's like, oh, I know what you want. You want Gwen. You want your girlfriend back. Well, you're being why being a little pussy, dude. Take it. Take what you want. Yeah, get, take her. I can help you. And then you're going to be on the news. You're going to get everything back, you know, and he's like, oh, OK, yeah. Mr. Symbiote. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. yeah if, if you're going to do it all in one movie, I think that's definitely the way that you got to do it. You know, like my preference would be that you don't see Venom in this or or you see that last shot like we described in the behind the scenes of like him leaping toward the camera. And then that's mm-hmm. it. That's the last shot of the movie. And then the next movie is just like Eddie with the symbiote just fucking with Peter the whole movie. Um, yeah, you know, I think that that's way more interesting because that's the thing that was so interesting about, uh, about Venom was that he was like the first villain who knew that Peter was Spider-Man because of the symbiote. Mm -hmm. So like he could fuck on, fuck with Peter on a personal level, um, and like show up to his house and like, you know, 
kid kidnap people. Like, I, but that's the thing is like they also did that already with the goblin in the first movie. So right. yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it's 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 tricky. It's it's they're between a rock and a hard place of like trying to do something new without repeating themselves. You know. Yeah. Um. But you're right. I mean, like every even the my quote minor set pieces, terrific. Like yeah. Uh, the crane sequence is great. Yeah. Peter like zipping through rocks and holes and yeah. stuff. Uh, I love, I love that they, I love that like with Gwen, they're just like, we're going to make her a science whiz and also a model. model. She's going to be, she's going to be both comic book Gwen and comic book Mary Jane because our Mary Jane is neither. <laughs> it's yeah. It's so, it's weird. I mean, they're doing it's so fucking weird for like a, a copier ad. It looks like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard. I mean, I mean like severely underwritten. Yeah. Role. Like, yeah, paper looks thing. great. <laughs> right? Oh my god, the headband, the blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. terrific. Yeah, it looks great. Um, the uh, I think I really like. Uh, some people say this is too CGE, but I, I really like black suit Spider Man versus Sandman in the in the train. The the oh yeah train stuff. I think no, it's really I cool. I love yeah. it. I love it. I again the camera work, man. The camera work is nuts. It's so yeah. good. Um, like that scene where he gets punched and the camera follows him falling. Hitting the web, swinging all the way around the railing, and then kicking Sandman again all in one shot. Fucking awesome. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And it's like, right. I mean, to go back to like X-Men The Last Stand or even movies like, you know, Love and Thunder or Dark Phoenix or, you know, more modern superhero movies. Yeah. Nothing with that much visual imagination. Yeah. Um, I love, love the symbiote in this movie. Like oh, really? When it's just the symbiote? When it's just like moving oh, oh, around? Yeah. It's great, yeah. Holy fucking shit, it's so good. Um, I, I, I it wish... It makes me sad yeah. that they didn't just use that for Venom. Because like... For sure. They're just like the goopy CGI like like goop puddle. Like it looks like a loogie. I, I fucking hate it. Um, it's oh, gross. Yeah. And it's it's gross and just like not interesting. It's so fucking boring. Um, I don't like... I don't like when he's Venom and he's just Venom from the neck up. And then from the neck down, it's like just a Spider-Man suit. Like, yeah, I get yeah. if they don't want to go big hulking dude. Like, I don't mind. But yeah, then make him like more alieny, like more yeah. like spindly and gross and skinny and jagged. I like I like well, what's interesting is that I, I think, again, like it, it's difficult to like display how big Venom is because there's that scene where he's like. Where where I, I love the look of like when the mask goes down and it's got like the tendrils on his face yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and there's that scene where he's standing there with the big metal pipe that he's like been hitting Peter with. Mm-hmm. Um and he's like, I, I like being bad. It makes me feel it makes me feel good or whatever. Um yeah. whatever he says. Yeah. He doesn't even say it like that way. That makes sense. He says like, Oh, it makes me happy is the line. It makes me happy. Fucking stupid. Um it, it should have been uh, I like being bad, it makes me feel good. That's yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. That's obviously should be the line of the dialogue. Um, but he's he's holding the 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 pipe and he's got the mask down, but he's wearing, you know, the rest of the suit. And mm-hmm. you can see how big he is there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, he like looks really big compared to his head. Right. You can see how like beefy he is as Venom. Mm-hmm. But I think like as soon as the mask comes on. And it's all proportional. He doesn't look big anymore, and it doesn't look right. 
Um, you know would be cool? Because isn't the symbiote supposed to be like, oh, it turns you into what you really want to be or who you yeah. really are inside? Yeah. If there was like a, a, a little super minor scene, if if Eddie was really insecure about his scrawniness. Yeah. And so he's always working out or taking supplements or whatever. And yeah. he's like, oh, I'm still a little nerd like Peter. And so when he gets the Venom suit, he gets to become like big hulking Venom the way that yeah. he wants to be. Yeah, for sure. Um, in general, this movie could actually use more Eddie Brock. Like, I'd like to, see, I'd like to go home with Eddie Brock. I'd like to see what his apartment looks like. I'd like yeah. to see like how he's living. How much is at stake for him when he lies about, uh, about the the photo and everything? Like, because then you can like build ties to Sandman and like how like Sandman is like, you know, at the edge of his rope, and that's why he made this bad decision. And Eddie Brock is exactly the same way, but yeah. while. While uh, uh, Sandman, while Flint regrets it, Eddie doesn't. And that's what the difference between the two of them is. You know, sure. um, yeah. there's something like, there. There's stuff. There's juicy stuff there. And yeah. maybe all of that is in that 158 page draft that they just stripped all of it of that. For sure. I don't know. Because like the idea of him being a nega Peter. Like, yes, there, there's that moment. And, and Topher's great when he's like, please, if you do this. If you if you sell me out, I will. Ne- another paper will never hire me. But it just feels like he's a brat because it's like, dude, what did, what do you think was going to happen? But if we right. saw his his shitty apartment, yes, and his Mister Dickovich, and yes, but to counter like what makes Peter Peter like, oh, he doesn't have an Aunt May, or he just isn't a good. He doesn't have that heart that Peter Parker has. Yeah, like. What does it? What is? What does difficulty do to this guy? You know. Yeah. Or maybe he lives at home with it with his uncle, and his uncle's a dick, like a drunken asshole. Yeah. Treats you're, him you're, like shit. Yeah. You're yeah. trash, Brock. You're yeah, trash, Eddie. Oh man, there there's so much stuff you could have could have done. I don't know. Um, yeah. And maybe all of that is in that that longer draft. I don't know, but uh, uh, I do really like the concept. I like what they're trying to do. I don't think they fully accomplish what they set out to do, but I think that there is a lot of of really interesting stuff in there that yeah. in a longer, more like, you know, juicy movie, I think there could have been a lot of I think people would have got it a lot more if there was yeah. just more room to breathe with all of this stuff. Because it's just very like, go, go, go. We got to move. And this is like the longest one as well. So it's like, right. Per- perplexing. Right. Yeah. Um, and hats off to Raimi for looking at a character he had no interest in and being mm-hmm. able to be like, oh, you know what? I see a kernel in there that could I could act that could actually work for the, the movies that I'm making. Yeah. 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 He turned Venom into a 60s character. Yeah. There's even something kind of cool about, of course, like, the, you know, the John Jameson stuff. It's like, how do you not do that? Because it feels so random but there is something kind of the thing that came to earth 50 sci-fi about it just yeah flies down hop you know attaches to his motorbike yeah that's true it's crazy um, that it happens at like minute eight though absolutely yeah that <laughs> was at minute eight and then we just like lose sight of it for like 30 minutes there's a lot of that a lot of like and now we're not gonna don't think about Sandman for like the next hour or don't think about yeah. the symbiote suit for the next hour unfortunately yeah it's one of this movie's like biggest problems is is that because I think those are just like the sections where they like cut a bunch of shit out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what do you think? What do you think of the uh, the much maligned? I'm a fan of Aunt May's uh, the day that Uncle Ben proposed to me. Model scene. I just think that's like, I like oh, this. is that maligned? 
I've I've ever I've just heard people that are like, ugh, like every movie. There's oh. like I mean, yeah, but it's also just sort of like that's what these movies are, guys. Like, I don't know. Like Yeah. It, yeah you want, Peter yeah. talks to Aunt May. That's like I like that's part of Spider Man. If you like Spider Man, then you have to love Aunt May. And if you don't love Aunt May, you don't love Spider Man. Sorry. End um, of story. Yeah. End of story. I don't know what to tell you. Uh um, Enough said. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, love that. I love that. Um Oh I was yeah. your uncle had me walking side to side, Peter. <laughs> and he did. In his bed. I did. <laughs> we um, swam five miles to Rikers Island. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um uh, just going through my notes here. I just yeah. this enters this enters camp in a way that I really appreciate. Like yeah. just the goofiness of it. I'm still and it's like I think that ages really well because we are now so uh, so few other superhero movies have this tone that I think mm-hmm. time has been kind to to those aspects of it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I um the thing is, even with this movie having as many problems as it does, Mm-hmm. I'd kill for superhero movies to feel and look and feel like this again. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, like it, it just feels like one person's vision of like trying to do this. And I, I miss that feeling. Um, yeah. You know, it's a reason why I can't like, you know, for, for as much as like hashtag, not my Superman, not my Batman, not my justice league. Like I can't hate the Zack Snyder trilogy. For exactly mm. that same reason, because that's what it feels like. It feels like one dude's vision. I think it's why I have the most issues with Man of Steel, because it really does feel like he's aping Nolan. Mm-hmm. But then, like, once you get to BVS and his Justice League, it's like, yeah, this is like one dude's, like, artistic vision of this thing. And, like, like it or not, that's what it is. And I I, I can't help but like that about those movies. The no, same way sure. that I, I like this for being so Sam Raimi. And as flawed as it is, it still captures that feeling that I love from the first two, where for those two and a half hours, it feels like you are watching the biggest, most important superhero movie ever made. Yep. It's true. It's very true. Um, I'm desperate for him to make another Spider-Man. I really am. I, I, sure. I would I would love nothing more for them to announce that Sam Raimi's directing Spider-Man 4 or Spider-Man Returns or whatever. Um, with with Toby Maguire, uh, Toby wants to do it. He's mentioned he looks it. good. Yeah, yeah, he wants to do it. Sam says he wants to do it. I don't know what why Sony's sitting on their hands. Like, I think it's. I mean, the only thing I can think of is like someone who doesn't work on in the studio side of things at all is like maybe it's like well how do we? It's like is 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 would that be would that crowd the marketplace of like. How do we market that? How do we like do? But I don't know. Like in a in a post the the Batman world or yeah. post like I mean the, the, the apparently Spider Verse is going to be a big hit, right? So I don't right. know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think anyone would be mad about getting a Spider Man movie every year, um, especially if they're like in very different tones, um, and especially yeah. if like you treat Spider Man Returns as like, hey, this is it. Like we're not doing another one after this. But like, yeah, we gotta like put a capper on this character and on this universe, you know. Um, and you know what you could do is you could even have start. Imagine I'm, I'm picturing like the trailer, yeah, of like you know sitting there watching the trailer. You see like the Columbia logo, you know you wouldn't, but like you know, 
And then you hear like Toby voiceover of like, you know, for years I thought the bulb something, something. And then, you know, it turns out I wasn't alone. And then you incorporate no way home. Yes. Into like that, that, that hit that affected him. Yes. And he's like, what am I doing? Like, I've kind of just been swinging doing my thing for like almost 20 years now, but like, Peter two and Peter three, like they really inspired me to like maybe yeah. do something different or like maybe I need to like focus on a legacy or something, you know? Yeah. And also they get to play with the idea of like they saved those villains. So like, does he even go back to a universe he recognizes? That's great. Yeah. He drops you know, in and like, like, oh, shit. Oh, it's all different oh like he gets like a phone call from like out from like auto. And he's like, hey, Peter, my Peter, boy, you're going to come down. We're, like, we're working on that thing. And he's like, wait, what? Holy what? shit. What? What? <laughs> yeah. And, like Harry's alive. Norman's alive. And he's yeah. like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Well, maybe but not then... Harry. Maybe maybe not Harry. Maybe we keep him on ice. Maybe or, like, or maybe he is alive, but he's like in Switzerland or something. Yeah, doing, sure. doing oh, something. oh, right. Oh, yeah. For Franco. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, right. Franco. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but, Franco. <laughs> but then there has to be like a Peter cost of like. Yes. Oh, because of this and this and this, like Aunt May is dead or like MJ and I aren't together anymore or something. Yeah. Well, I think Aunt May would, I think, I don't think anyone would bat an eye at Aunt May being dead after 20 <laughs> yeah. years. Uh, sure, I mean, I sure. know Rosemary Harris is still kicking, but like, yeah. At but what yeah, cost? Sure. <laughs> the, uh, the, yeah, the idea of him, because my, my favorite, we'll talk about this in a couple weeks with Zach, but low key, my favorite part, the part that always kind of makes me verklempt watching No Way Home is that little moment where they're all in the lab together and Peter's like, I think I, I think I find a way to, I think I'm going to deal with a uh, doctor with Mr. Osborne. I think I have the serum. I've been thinking about it a long time. And you're like, yeah. Oh, he never got over that. Like yeah. he still carries that with him. And that is so this Peter. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, I love that. I, I mean, I think I think, yeah, I think it's 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 interesting because like the, the big question, of course, is like, what villain do you put in that? Because it's like, sorry, Sam, Vulture's been done and done better than you ever could. Like, just you got to let that one go. It's like you don't want to bring Sandman back. You don't like I don't know. I, I do think I do think that the move is that if he's in a new alternate universe, his best friend is now Flash Thompson and you bring jo- Joey Max back. Oh, man. Like, hey, buddy. I yeah. Going, what? what? Dude, <laughs> yeah. Bro, what's wrong? You sick? Oh man, yeah. I'd love that. That's that's his that's his best friend now, is is Joe. <laughs> oh uh, man. Yeah. Because, uh, like and maybe he has been estranged from MJ. Like maybe they didn't make it work out. Maybe they've been separated for a few years, you know? Like yeah. I don't know. There's yeah. Well, I mean, there's a world where like if the goblin. If, if Norman never dies, maybe her and and Harry never break up. Oh yeah, and then that yeah. never leaves open the opportunity for the two of them to ever get together. And so then you get to have that romantic subplot in this of him, you know, trying to get Mary Jane to fall in love with him again. I don't know, because like even Dunst has expressed like, may I do it? You know, she's not like, no, yeah. never again. No, no, and she's she's gung ho to 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 do it again too. Um, I think they all are. They all want to do it. I mean, I, one, I mean, obviously the money thing is is, is sure. De- you know, obviously they're like, yeah, I'd love to have another Spider Man <laughs> that I could pull residuals from for the rest of my career. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, but but uh, but also I think they're all just like 
I think they look back on that time so fondly now that they're like, yeah, that was really cool when we were like the biggest movie stars in the world. And now the MJ of it all, like there's no way it would just be like she gets captured again and she's like strung up right. in a warehouse again because like right. we are beyond, we are so past that. Right. And that would be like unforgivable now in 2020 right. whenever this comes out. And right. so, and like the idea of like showing a 40 plus romance, like, yeah, that's interesting. Oh. Like, oh, these, I figured it out. This, this is what oh, you yeah. do. You take the thing that I said, what we, we, we pitched about Craven earlier. Yeah. You do, you do Craven as the villain in this, um, yeah. you know, you get, I don't know. I don't know who would be a good Craven right now. Not Aaron Johnson, because this would be a different vibe, obviously. Um, but uh, uh, like I'm literally picturing like 90s Bruce Campbell. But like, oh, for anyway, sure. yeah, yeah. But but <laughs> like you do you do you do Craven um, or 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 maybe even some other uh, uh, like antihero type character. Right. Mm, but yeah. the point is they're younger. They're more vibrant. They step in, they start doing the hero thing, and then and Spider Man is like it, like Peter's like maybe this maybe this is hey. it maybe like I can be done maybe I mean, like this guy seems to be doing good stuff and you know whatever it's and it's then not getting like, easier yeah and then he like retires and he like reconnects with Mary Jane and the whole thing all the while this dude is like starting to take things too far is is doing things that Peter never would do mm-hmm. and and he has to like reckon with like oh maybe I can't retire. Maybe that's not, maybe I, I have to stop this guy from doing what he's doing and I can't retire. I got to put the mask on again. Like I'm going to be Spider-Man forever. You know? Yeah. Like maybe he puts down the lizard. He like hunts down the lizard because the thing. Oh yeah. That's what you do. You do the lizard because it's, because you got, you got to do the lizard, right? Because it's, it's like, you gotta, you gotta, that was a long promised thread that never got completed. Yeah. And like, because the reason that he looks like a Koopa or a Goomba, in in amazing is they were like well no if he has like a long if he has a long gator snoot he can't emote and he can't right. be like poor peter parker bur, 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 bur. but yeah. if the whole point is that he's this animalistic lizard monster and new york is like i want that thing dead we need that thing put down because it's a yeah. monster and craven's yeah. like i'll do it and like no it's dr connor's he's a good dude yeah <laughs> he looks like a lizard to me yeah like you can't even talk you know yeah um man yeah yeah i i i would love for i would love for another uh raimi mcguire spider-man movie i think we're long past time for it mm -hmm. um or or not no we're not we're not i think it is it is exactly the right time for it i think everybody would be like primed and fucking ready like if that hit, you know, if they announced I mean, that, would... oh my god, it would be fucking huge, especially if it's good. Fuck, like yeah, I'm yeah, like it would be millennial Michael Keaton coming back as Batman. Totally, totally. Um, man, it would be it would that would be nuts. Uh, and we'll we'll talk about it. Uh, you know, as we as we as we move on to the amazing films. But I I feel similarly about about. The amazing films, um, and and Andrew Garfield, uh, not so much uh, Mark Webb, but Andrew I was going to say that's like the yeah. one thing is like those movies famously don't have an authorial voice. So no. like, I know there's like a huge groundswell of fans, fan quote fans, for like yeah. 
well, they need to green light Amazing Spider-Man 3. And it's like, what would, why, what would it look like? Who would direct it? Who would we'll want to direct about it? it? We'll talk oh, about absolutely. it. absolutely. Yeah, we'll talk uh, about um, it. Oh, I, I, I was I was dunking on the finale. One little moment that I do like, and I does I do think does sing, is at the end with him and Flint. And Flint's like, uh, I, I didn't mean for it to happen, but it did. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to do it. I'm, yeah. I'm bummed about it. And mm-hmm. and Pete's like, Hey, I made mistakes too. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 when we watch the movie, I'm like, Wow, like you really did. Like you you hit MJ. Yeah. Like. You you really you really messed up, Peter. But like yeah. now, because of that, you can look at this dude in the eye and say, "Like, I get it, man. <laughs> like, yeah. we are not our worst moments." Right, right, right. That's the thing. That's like the whole the whole point of this movie, right? Is that like we mm-hmm. are not our, our our worst moments. That's like a really good theme. They don't they don't say that out loud. They don't say like we aren't our worst moments. They do the whole like inner darkness and revenge and sure. poisoning and all of that stuff. But like, I love that. I love the idea of this being, we are not our darkest moments or our worst moments. Cause you look right. at Harry, you look right. at yeah. Peter, you look at Sandman. The only problem with that is just Eddie, um, who sure. is his worst moments. Like that, is, get- that's the true, that's his true self, you know? Yeah. Like I, I like being bad. It makes me happy. Right. Is, is like, Oh, he doesn't some, sometimes you can, you can, you are people who are too far gone that yeah. don't want to be redeemed. They don't see why they need to be redeemed. I'm just now realizing that that is what his plan was for the vulture. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's like, he can't let go of his yeah. like hatred and vengeance for Spider-Man. Right. And, and Sandman does and has the same sort of character arc um, without the uncle Ben stuff. But, but yeah, vulture d- never gets over it. And that it's interesting. Cause like, I do not like that for Vulture at all. Um, mm, okay, but I like it for for Eddie and what it does with the symbiote and what that mix is. I think that's more interesting because the symbiote. You could argue because the only reason the symbiote leaves Peter in the church is it senses another host. Yeah, and again, if the symbiote was more of an active character, it could be like, "Oh, you are full of what I need, dude." Yeah, like, hell yeah, right. You and I are gonna get along just fine. Yeah, that's great. I actually. Like, yeah, you have him, like, working overtime on Peter because he's like, this guy's so powerful. I love this. I want him to be my host. But, like, fuck, he's such a little dweeby nice guy. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah, like when he's, when he's doing the disco dancing, the symbiote's like, oh, my God, this dork. Like, <laughs> what a fucking dork. This is, his, is, this this is his idea of a bad dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, we're... We are, I, I, and I don't think this movie is remembered this way anymore. But this does not deserve to be in the same camp as like some of the other, like bad superhero movies that I've that I've referenced. You know, no, no, I don't think so. Um, oh, Spider Man Returns. One of the things that happens when he goes back to a world that he doesn't recognize is rather than being with Mary Jane, he's with Black Cat Felicia Hardy. Oh hell yeah! And it's like Charlize Theron or something. Yeah, and he's like, oh. This is oh. weird. That's not what I want. Like the idea of like Toby being like overwhelmed, getting kissed by like some girl that he doesn't recognize. What? Yeah. yeah. In like a black cat costume. Like that's fun. I don't know. Um, yeah. Or like he shows up to stop her from doing something. And then she just thinks like he's playing a game because like this is what they do. You know? Oh, yeah. She thinks it's role play. Yeah. And then and then, and then he's just like and then and then like, yeah, she kisses him and he's like, what? 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 And he's like what? totally what? thrown <laughs> off. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> That's so fun. Oh, man. Yeah. Sam would have a fucking field day with that kind of shit. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. And, like, I mean, like, we saw in No Way Home. Like, the suit looks great. Toby looks great. And mm-hmm. multiverse proves that Raimi still has it. Like, yeah. It's all there. Fuck. It would be so good. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let me think if I have any lingering shout outs about Spider-Man three. Um, oh, I have a shout yeah. out. Um, we haven't you and I, and I certainly I haven't really brought up uh, Laura Ziskin. Yes. The you know, the, the 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 Titanic work that she did for these movies and, you know, very, yeah. you know, sadly, she is no longer with us. And right. I is this was this or amazing. Her final amazing. Bef- amazing. Yeah. Amazing um, was her final credit. Um, uh, yeah, she passed away before Amazing Spider-Man 2, which is, I think, why that movie is so different. Um, mm-hmm. uh, not to say, you know, and, and also because it's the first Spider-Man movie not, um, uh, without, or it's the first Spider-Man movie without Alvin Sargent doing a pass. Oh, right. That's true. Yeah, because but... he even does a pass on Amazing Spider-Man because of Laura Ziskin, his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, I think that's why Amazing Spider-Man feels so different. No, for sure. And like Sargent and and Ziskin, you know, she just she personifies what we talk about on the show, which is like these unsung studio, like not necessarily a writer or director or an actor, but like are just as responsible for why these movies work the way that they do as any of of the you know other people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't think I don't I I think that's I think that's it. I mean, just a couple shout outs to like, I guess, favorite moments and like, yeah, sure. they're all they're all sort of <laughs> ironic, but I I I genuinely love them. Uh, uh, Harry's line, uh, uh, tell it to my father, raise him from the dead. Dead. Um, <laughs> you want forgiveness? Get religion. Oh, man. And I love that because it doubles. It's a foreshadowing moment. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, then he, yeah, he goes to the church. Yeah, right. Uh, I also, uh, I love, um, yeah, I love that he takes his advice. <laughs> so stupid. Um, I love it. Uh, I And then the one that you sent me a video of, the, oh, the, yeah. the yeah, the flashback edit of like, my dad, he's, he's dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you could, you know, like what, yeah, he's actually is. It's like, yes. I think it's like, you can come back tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yeah. Come but, back tomorrow. We can hang out then, right? Yeah. It's like, my father's dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, and then of the course, bugle- of course, yeah, the, was- the, the, the so good. So good. Amazing. Yeah. The pie. So good. So good. <laughs> uh, I really like Franco's, like, the, when he catches the vase and the basketball, and he's like, whoa, still got the moves. Still got the moves. Um, the bugle, I mean, everything in the Daily Bugle is just like, they just have that down. So, I mean, yeah. Bill Nunn, Banks, Ivan yeah. Ramey, or Ted Ramey. His fucking pills. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah. Rattling on the desk because of this high oh, blood pressure. Uh, something I never noticed before, uh, when he has, when Pete has his feet up on JJ's desk and, you know, he, you know, uh, uh, he does that great look back and forth where he's like, not even mad. He's just like stunned. Yeah. Um, but in the back, I've never noticed this before. Betty is like oh my god pete like you're so bad like it's it's so funny <laughs> she's like really into him she's um, feeling it 
I I also yeah no I love that too because he's like if you want the photos I want the staff job double the money. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm just like I'm like okay staff job uh, you know I, I I in New York I mean I know he like underpays people but like it's got to at least be forty k. Mm-hmm. Right has to be. Um, and so the idea Minimum. of him just being like, no, you're going to you're going to offer me eighty thousand dollars a year. Um, and, and, you know, Spider-Man. Yeah. Like for pictures of Spider-Man. And they apparently do it. So he's like in a good place financially at the end of this movie. Yeah. for like, sure. It's not like he gets fired, at least not no. that I could tell. And it's a little cathartic because, you know, we've been seeing this guy get beat down by life for like two movies. So it's like. A little cathartic to see him, like, finally. But for, you know, in the bad way, you know, using the dark side. It's fulfilling the promise of all power, no responsibility. Right, right. Um, Yeah. Man. Yeah, there's just a lot of, like, really fun moments in this that I just... I, I, yeah. I, 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 there's no, there's no way that I'm not entertained for the two and a half hours that this movie is. Um, Yeah. Like, yeah. I just have a really good time. You can say a lot of things about this movie, but you can't. You can't say that it doesn't still have the beating heart that the previous yeah. two had. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think everything is just a little cheesier. Um, like the voiceover like the, is cheesier. I don't like that there's no ending voiceover. I don't like that the movie doesn't end with him web slinging again. Because mm-hmm. um, it just doesn't. It ends on such a downer and then that's it. That's it. That's we never it. We like that. The, the 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 story is over. You know, like we get him again in No Way Home, but like this is it. Like as far as we know, there there is no fourth Sam Raimi Spider Man. You know, so like yeah. the fact that this trilogy ends here on such a down note is a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what are you gonna do? Um, yeah, you could even like open. Um, imagine opening four with. Alex Ross paintings, you know, with the with the Danny Elfman score, but instead of Holy it's shit. it's it's No Way Home. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. God, that's good. Ugh. Yeah. So, make it make it make it happen, Sony. Come on, Sony. Come on. You like you t- look me in the eye and tell me that that makes more sense than a Craven the Hunter movie. Uh, that is a waste of money. Yeah. That's so was money. Morbius. So was Morbius. Why you, yeah. So is honestly. So is that that f- fucking uh, Dakota Johnson movie. Like, oh, the Madam Web thing. Yeah. Yeah, the Madam Web. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like the legwork you have to do to get people to care about these spinoff projects, as opposed to just like, boom, Toby, yeah. Toby's back, Dunce is back, Ramy's back. Let's go, rock and roll. Yeah. God damn it, that would fucking rule. God. Anyway. Anyway. Um. Yeah, maybe Zach okay. will be horrified. Well, but when we when we bring this up, no. <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about? No, leave it. Let it die. <laughs> um. We'll all right. Well, we will be back next week with the Amazing Spider-Man, uh, which will be mostly, um, you know, the majority of which will be uh, our conversation from from 2021, um, on on Patreon. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be next week. There will be a little, little extra material. So if you already heard it and you don't want to re-listen to it, um, I would still tune in just to, just to hear the extra stuff. Um, all right. 
We will uh, talk to you next week. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, go on the Patreon, duelinggenre.com slash support. And uh, we'll, we'll be back next week with uh, uh, Zach, Zach Webb's question mark. Amazing Mark-Web. Spider- Mark Webb. That's right. Mark, Mark Webb question marks. Spi- <laughs> uh, amazing Spider-Man. Um, bye, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, Snow Patrol.